everybody. I'm Joe. I'm Derek. I'm Matt. And we are the host of Beats, Beats Balls, Balls, and Bourbon. Bourbon. The official vodcast of Louisville of the Groove Machine, Louisville City supported drumline. We are members of the Coopers. We also uh, are happy to play with Scouse's House and everything. Great, great show. Uh, the gentleman to my left, I, I think we know you. James O'Connor has been very gracious and very kind, and we are honored to have him on here. So thank you so much. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff to get to, but first we want some announcements, like we always do. Uh, first, I want to say hello to Derek. Derek is our social uh, media engineer, and uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to call him. Is that a title? I guess I don't know. Sure, I, I got sol- the, the sultan, the sultan of social media. Or I'll take like it. I'm the I'm the the, the Twitch genie, apparently. <laughs> Uh, anybody, yeah, anybody that's in chat right now, um, you can uh, night. I, we, there is a bot in chat, and it, he's called night. He or she is called Nightbot, and um, you can um, you can you can ask it. You can tell it commands, and it'll do things. But um, there's a very select <laughs> thing amount of things it can do. Um, I will put that up in chat. Um, I think what you do is you type uh, exclamation point commands and it'll tell you everything that it can do. But uh, thanks for joining us. If you haven't hit the follow button, please do that. Uh, every follow helps us out. We are tr- we're trying to become affiliates. We might be affiliates after tonight. So if yeah. you follow us, you could be, you could be part of a glorious happy moment <laughs> yeah <laughs> but welcome thank you everybody thank you and matthew owens behind the ones and twos how are you sir i'm doing quite well i, I like the beard man thank you i it's do i really do coming along slowly but it makes you even more handsome than you never were you got oil uh, <laughs> i have a, a great selection of oils yeah i use 10w30 and we saw evan floyd today um first thing i want to talk about is that we got to got uh, about 10 of us went down to the stadium today evan floyd has shaved and he looks what? yeah exactly and 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 there were literally people like Mike came down a couple of guys up from the capos and, and they had no idea who he was <laughs> so that was really funny and what uh, Evan was really really awesome today thank you we went down to where the drums and the capos are going to be standing and trying to engineer or trying to architect how we're going to be standing and getting all that together it's it's not that easy it takes time to work out so whatever works is going to work and and everybody that went there today thank you so much for helping out it's going to be awesome the sound is going to be amazing in this place and uh, it's just beautiful, and so many things, and, and so much thanks to the ownership for considering the supporters on how they design this thing because it is absolutely, uh, it's literally perfect, pretty much. I mean, with you know the yeah. seven bars, I, yeah, there's seven bars by the way, and seven <laughs> bars. So the much seating booze. is amazing. I mean, the seating by where the players are is just because that's where you're going to be sitting, right? I mean, that's where because that's yep. where Sean was. Uh, it's. I'm in that row behind the bench. Gosh, and it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. And then, you know, um, when you're standing down there, I, you'll know, I, the, playing on the baseball field was so small. But when that's your only, when that's your only, uh, the only thing you can compare to, and now you stand in this stadium mm-hmm. and see how much bigger it is and how tiny that was, it's right. unbelievable. So really, thank you, Evan. Uh, that's going to be awesome. Uh, also, uh, shout out to the other uh, podcast. We have uh, Barrel Proof, which is on usually Tuesday nights. Uh, um, Scouse's House uh, show in the house, uh, usually Thursday. And Soccer City Radio on Saturday. So hopefully, you're t- and also a brand new yeah, one. Yeah. That's right. Hot Brown Soccer Town. And uh, Robin Pryor. I, I think I got that name right finally. Uh, she's she's hosting. She's already done her fourth, fourth show, and it's really good. So please check that out. Are they still doing podcast podcast lucha? I don't know. I, I, you know, are you still doing Martin? Are you is he on? He's usually on here. Martin, if you're still doing podcast lucha doors, please let us know. I can't remember what his um, username is in chat. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, you've talked about the social media thing. Um. Any other Cooper no news or I don't know. Um. We had good number of parkas ordered. I didn't get the exact count. Um. I saw. 
uh, where they've sent back the proof of what the embroidery is going to look like. It looks really good. Yeah. So as far as I know, uh, that's been approved, and they're in production. They're going to be cool. Awesome. Also, you know what I did not mention yet? Liza Weeder took over. Um, Liza Weeder took over Angel Share. The Angel Share thing is our outreach into the community, and she has taken that over. That is a big job. It's not easy. Um, and she has graciously agreed to help lead it. She's already helped me with the next topic, which is the Harbor House Mini Marathon fundraiser. Uh, we're plugging along. We're starting to raise a little money. By the way, our team right now has the most money raised already uh, of nice. any of the of any of the other teams. We've got a long way to go, but it's still early. If you're interested, uh, we, we're up to 25 registered, but there's a ton of people that have said that they're doing it. They're just looking to join the team. Um, you don't have to do the entire mini. Uh, you can you don't have to run okay so uh you could do you could walk the 13.1 uh, my my big butt did 11.1 last sunday walking <laughs> um i don't know it's act of god and the uh uh you could also do um you could also do a marathon relay you get a group of five people you can do as little as 5k so hopefully you join us with that our initiative for april is to raise ten thousand dollars for harbor house and really take this whole fundraising thing to the next level uh, that's how we join the community. That's how we make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to do. So uh, real quick, also the next shows we're talking, the next show um, hopefully will be one of these tag-in type things that we've done before where we bring some people in and bring some other people in. Mm -hmm. uh, Want to get some updates from all the supporter groups. Uh, maybe hopefully Robin will come down and she can talk about her show. Uh, we have the Harbor House show on February 22nd, Saturday, 1 to 3. Uh, to dis, uh, it's an open house to see what Harbor House is all about and the great work that they do for the community for, for uh, adults who have disabilities. And they really do amazing work. Hopefully you'll consider checking that out. Uh, talking about the Barrel Building Show. That'll be sometime in March. That'll be fun. That'll be cool. We'll do that from Ken's house. Uh, what else? see me cut myself. A <laughs> <laughs> couple rehearsals coming up either March of 14th or 15th. Please look out for that. Um, the um, uh, oh, U.S. Open. That's all we have to talk about. Oh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. So uh, in the, the opener for USL is the 11th, but we our first game in, is October 7th. So it's almost like pushing Christmas up three days. Nice. <laughs> we either get, what, Nashville United or Cleveland something or other? I don't It's Yeah, Nashville or Cleveland SC or something, something. like that. And uh, please follow us on, uh, on Twitch. You can support us there, or you can follow us. Uh, our audio-only version is on Amazon. You can check that out as well. Uh, have I missed anything? Did, did I miss anything that you guys want to mention first? Don't think so. Okay. How long have we been on? I'm, 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 I'm 20 minutes, sir. Seven minutes. Well, seven on the air. So we're going to do just a couple of, it, it's almost the end of January. So just a couple of uh, a trivia things about January. Did you know that January is named after the Roman god Janus, Janus, who was the god of beginning and transitions and often called the god of doorways? Did you know that? I did not know I that. No. So now you do. <laughs> now you do. Now you know that January is has is, is named after a Roman god. Uh, it also ah in Turkish. Okay, I have to say this. It, January is pronounced Ojek. Now the reason we talk about Turkey is because we have Turkish followers. So hello to you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah they, they, we have people from Turkey that started following. Our friends from <laughs> Turkey who who call this man Uncle Joe. Call me Uncle Joe. That has to be the most unexpected part of doing this podcast, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, uh, one of the most famous birthdays in, in January was the king of uh, rock and roll. I was Presley. Not bad. Uh, and uh, that's it. Enough January stuff. Okay. You're here. James, thank you so much for coming here. It's really, it's, it really, it's an honor to have you. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate you uh, having me. So it's, it's great. I'm looking forward to it. Welcome back. Mm -hmm. 
so pleased to be back. And it's the, the first thing I want to ask is that everybody that's been on here that moves in the area, there is something about Louisville. It, I don't it really know. Is. Yeah, I mean, we used to laugh because uh, we we get some of the players where they did meet a girl and the girl decided she wanted to come home back to Louisville and you know, the boy came <laughs> <with that. Yeah, laughs> so it was great. Um, but it is, it's it's a great place and you know my family really settled here and it's been yeah it's been home from home for us. Well, w- welcome back. First of all, now we do have followers that are not from. Louisville. I have some folks back east, like I said, some folks in Turkey, whatever. Um, so if you could tell us a little bit about yourself before you started working in Louisville, uh, you know, in general. Yes, obviously I, I started, um, grew up in Ireland, went to England at 16, um, played obviously in England for a number of years, um, then obviously came across, um, I think we were 32 when we came to America, mm-hmm. um, played obviously in Orlando and then came to Louisville to be the, the head coach and back mm-hmm. to Orlando and now back to... It's amazing, right? It's, yeah. it's just, it's been a, you traveled a lot just because you love the game. It's just. It's amazing. I've been blessed really how far the game has taken me. I mean, even, you know, throughout my career, I've, I was saying the other day, I've, I've got to see so many different parts of the Well, I've got to be in so many different parts of the world. You <laughs> tend not to see too much. Didn't see too much. You, you right, see yeah. the hotel and the airport right, and, right, right. you know, a bus. But, um, yeah, I've, I've been very fortunate in my career. So was there a point, and I, I remember asking a couple of guys that, have, that, have, that were players that came here before, is there a period or a point in your life where you either remember that you said, man, I really want to make a go of this as a career, or was there a point that you, a light flash that said, man, I can do this? You know, that this is something I could, I think that I have the talent to pursue. Is that, did that ever yeah, happen? Yeah, I think it, it uh, it's funny. I remember at 15, I remember I, I hadn't quite had a trial yet, and a lot of the kids were getting trials, and um, I always remember stood by the sink, and my grandmother was asking me what I wanted to do. Okay. And I said I wanted to, to be a pro soccer player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as all grandmothers were, she was very supportive. Right. She had a back of her mind. She was thinking, okay, well, what are you going to do for a real job? <laughs> 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 so... But I was very fortunate. I mean, at 16, I, I got the opportunity to go on trial. Um, and then I was very determined that leaving home at 16, obviously, I was not going to, to mess around. And 16 is a little later than usual, isn't it? I mean, or... It would have been. I mean, I, I was turned 16. So basically in England, at, at 16, you would go across and start your... I mean, they, they call it an apprenticeship. And okay. then you obviously, at, at 18, if you're fortunate, you get a one-year pro. Um, and then basically then you're... You're trying to battle in the reserves and trying to to get into the first team. Right, so I right. was um, I was blessed. I mean, I had some really good people that supported me, and um, I worked really hard. That was uh, yeah. know, there was a lot of players that were way yeah. better than me, but yeah. you know, I, I was determined. Was there a particular coach from back then that you remember that really had an influence on your life for that point? There's a, a, a scout who sent me over Willie Bourne, who I'm still very close to. Um, he was he gave me the opportunity. Um, Tony Lacey was the was the first coach that we got when we were there. Um, very disciplined, very experienced coach. Um, fortunately, he he ended up moving on. Um, and then Lou McCarty was the first team coach, and mm-hmm. myself and Clive Clark had gone over at 16 and. Uh, we were desperate to play and there was a particular youth game that we weren't involved in mm-hmm. and um, Lou was laughing and he was like, look, he says, I'll tell you what, next next youth game, I'm going to play both of you. Oh. True, to his word, the coach put us in and, and we played and, you know, we got run around. We, were, we weren't ready. Right. And he said after, he said, look, he said, you know, you're 16, you know, you're, you're not ready for the 18s. Um, we believe in you, but you got a lot of work to do. But it was something we've always remembered. And, you know, he obviously had a tremendous career himself. Lou was obviously very experienced. And I've been blessed. I've, you know, I've had such a 
really um, fortunate career and I've, I've come across some really good football people that mm -hmm. I've been able to tap into and you know, still stay in contact with a number of people. Right, and with part of your role, as I understand it, is going to be with the U23 and w with the kids. The impact that we talked about this with Glenn Wozniak, he was a coach of, a coach of Collegiate High School last year. He was on here. The impact you have on a young person, it's special. There's something really special about you. Mentioned an individual that touched you in a way that helped elevate you to the next level, and now you kind of get the opportunity in at some in some way, either directly or through others, to do that. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. It's incredible. I mean, and I haven't come through the academy system. You know, obviously, it was something. You know, when we were here originally. There wasn't necessarily that model to be able to give um, an academy player an opportunity. Whereas, you know, now you look at the the plans and the and the growth of the whole club. I think it's incredible. I think the ownership deserve enormous credit for the way they've um, handled not just Blue City but the actual right. growth. I think when you look at the stadium and the the whole organisation is is just incredible. And that's what everybody that Mario, um, Brad Estes, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we toast every time we say Brent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as everybody should. Um, th there seems to be a bond that's kind of special amongst the people that, that are working there. It just, it, and, and it doesn't seem superficial. Like, hey, he's a really good guy, that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, it seems no, like there really is. The, the, and that's the great thing. There's no there's no BS. You know, right. people are straight um, and there's a genuine care. Right. I think that's the, the, the best thing about the organization. I think there is a genuine care for all the employees, regardless and for... You know, whether you're a supporter, whether you're actually working the front office, or whether you're a player or a coach, I think that there is a genuine care that goes from top to bottom right the way through. That's awesome. So I, I kind of got ahead of myself a little bit because I wanted to ask you about moments as a player when mm -hmm. you're playing in England. Um, the atmosphere at the stadiums and what that was like. Even I, I understand you played third and second division, right, in England? Is yeah, it? so broke into Stokes' right. first team, would have been in the... League one, League one, and then right. into into the second division with Stoke, and yeah. Mm -hmm. And then um, there was a you had a pretty awesome moment with Stoke against Cardiff, second. Yeah, I had. <laughs> Could you please tell us about I had that? a few. I mean, right. I, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Cardiff is you know Cardiff against Stoke is very intense. Even though there's quite a distance between the teams, both sets of supporters are very very passionate about their team. Okay. So. Um, the first time I played in Cardiff and Ninia Park, I actually scored. I think it was my second or third league game. Mm -hmm. And then um, we were met with very boisterous Cardiff fans after. <laughs> <laughs> Where there was bricks involved. and yeah, oh. I mean, oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, that's back it's then. It's a different, yeah, yeah, different it's, world. Yeah. Golly. <laughs> I mean, so it was, um, yeah, I mean, and I think, um, yeah, I mean, it, there's, a, there's a real passion for um, supporting your team, shall we say. Right. Uh, I mean, it's, well, it's... it's is some, now, something I wanted to ask, I'll, I'll jump ahead a little bit. I had asked Niall about that. He was on here. Growing up in Ireland um, and even in England, uh, we're starting to see here in this country a little bit of the, the political thing start to permeate through first division, even mm -hmm. second. How prevalent was that growing up in the games? If you went to go watch games, you know, wherever you went. I mean, obviously, Ireland, Ireland like every other country, I tell them, my mom was Spanish. And, yeah. you know, she went through the Civil War there. So you have a very, very intense cultural issue to mm -hmm. deal with as well. When you know Madrid goes to play Barcelona, but was the political thing? Did it permeate into the game? Was it the kind of thing where people played? People went to games to sort of get away from it. Was it half and half? Did it matter? I mean, it it, it depended. Sometimes, I mean, again, and I remember going to Millwall, and there was Millwall have a very lively set of supporters okay. as well. Um, and I remember there was some splinter group down there because it was a time. 
you know, th- th- there'd been a lot of stuff with the IRA, and there was a lot of things that happened between Ireland and England, and you know, right, there was right. certain instances where you would get maybe called something and and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think um, sort of as the years went on, that sort of settled down and died mm-hmm. off a little bit. But it's yeah, I think the unfortunately y- you always get a group that yeah. wants to you know create some kind of scene for yeah. you know a proclaimed cause. You know, I think. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to understand. Yeah, it is. It's very hard to understand because I think that, you know, for me personally, you know, sports is a, is a, is an escape from everything. You yeah. know, I don't play. I don't do any of that stuff. Uh, when I go to a game, it's my opportunity to let off steam. It could be yeah. this or being an NFL fan when I used to go to Giants games or whatever. It's an opportunity to have some unity with people who are wearing the same color. You don't even get to know them. Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden, you're high fiving people that you've yeah. never met before. Yeah. And that if you have some ridiculous argument about politics or any of that nonsense. You don't do that. You don't yeah. have that moment. And as a player, uh, the other thing that I hadn't asked yet is, you know, th- the bond that you build with your your teammates. Is it a? Do you try to bond at the from the playing level, or do you try to bond emotionally? Like you know, does that make sense? I mean, yeah, no, it does. I mean, I think basically what what tends to happen is you you create little partnerships. So if you're if you're playing in centre midfield, normally guy playing alongside you, mm-hmm. you you create a partnership with. If you're playing centre back. The guy stood next to you normally has your has your back, and okay. I think a lot of times then you're you're rooming with that individual, so you then you end up developing a relationship, and mm-hmm. there's there's some guys that you naturally will get on really well with, you okay. just hit it off. Right. Um, there's others maybe that you don't get on as well with, but you mm-hmm. have a great game understanding. You can really help each other, so right. it's it's very individualistic as regards how it how it works out. But um, again, I think you know the culture is probably what drives. The, the relationship aspect. I mm-hmm. think if your culture is really strong, then it gives you a great chance to, to develop mm-hmm. real relationships, not the not the mm-hmm. fake stuff. Right, and that's that's something that you know I've really not me, I mean, me everybody. We, we you know a lot of us have worked hard to get away from either the sports rival because now that you've lived here for a few years, you know the whole Louisville UK. Yeah, so yeah, it's insane. Well, I, I still mean, I still laugh because the very first game against St Louis. We played in the afternoon. And right, I can remember. still remember them coming in and saying that we were going to kick off at, at 2.30. Right. And I'm like, we're changing the game because it's a college basketball. Like, I couldn't get my head around it. Right. Like, I'm like, <laughs> right. we're Me gonna either. change. Me either, because I just, I'd only been in the area, I'd been back in the area for a little while. I mean, I knew it was intense. Yeah. But to change the, the I didn't mean to interrupt, but to change the, uh, to change the time <laughs> of a sporting event so people can go watch on TV. Anyway, was, I'm sorry. And then, no, but it was, that's exactly it. And they were like, well, if we don't, there'll be nobody's going to come to the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? And they were like, really? And then you realize, you're like, wow. It's just, <laughs> I yeah. wish I was making this up, but this is, Louisville and Kentucky is the rivalry that has led to a fist fight between two old men on dialysis. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I saw well, that was a news report. That was a few years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being a Giants fan uh, when I was growing up in Jersey, we had this insane rivalry with Philadelphia, the Eagles, and went to uh, one of the games. We go down. I was, you know, I was young. I was twenty something, and a little bit more, you know, whatever, wily, <laughs> and got hit with a snowball. It was '87, like right, missed my eye by a couple inches. <laughs> the thing is, is that I was hanging out with Eagles fans, and, and you know, somebody just got mad because yeah. I was. I, I, I never, I never got it. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. and and maybe I'm missing something. I mean, I, I don't get mad at fans of other teams. I just don't. I mean, I, I, I can see if you're a player or a coach that or whatever you're involved in, in an event and people are saying things to you yeah and you're involved in you know the heightened passion of playing in an, in an athletic event i get that yeah 
But if I'm hanging out having a hot dog and I'm, ha- I'm drinking a beer, and if you want, what, you want a beer too? I mean, that's the way I've always looked at it. Um, yeah. So, uh, um, how important was was it as an athlete? And the last one I ask about athletes: How important was it to manage yourself when that kind of thing? Because those rivalries over there were very intense. I mean, it it, yeah. must, it was a bit of a challenge. We had an issue uh, with Baker Mayfield recently at an NFL game, getting into a, a shouting match with a guy from Cincinnati. Okay. Why? I mean, you know, if you're focused, yeah. you don't do that. But anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. You know, what's that? No, like? I mean, I think there's and there's so many. I remember again, Cardiff. Was, we played Cardiff at home, and then there was the, the police actually had to come onto the uh, the side of the field with with the horses. Um, Jeez. So we and then at Wigan, the Stoke fans came down and came down onto the field and went in to the Wigan supporters' end. So we had to come <sighs> off the field. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's so many different instances that you look Mm -hmm. at and you're like, okay, well, we need to be smart here. Uh, (laughs) But Uh again, it's all different experiences. I I think the ideal scenario is that, you know, people come to the game to support their team and the rivalry is is in goodwill and the intentions of everybody are to enjoy the game and to have some friendly banter. Exactly. That's the way it needs to be. Where there's not, I think when it goes over the top, it becomes unenjoyable and, and... you know, the majority of people aren't into that. No, they aren't. The vast majority of people, yeah. even the people yeah. that are rowdy and loud, yeah. most of them aren't really. You know, they'll they'll play into it, but exactly, it's, you know. it's the, they're there for the fun, they're there to right. support their team, and and you know, so many of my friends have developed great relationships and and friendships with people by going to the games. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've have two two lads I grew up with, and they're avid avid Liverpool fans, and right. they'll go across whenever they can to, to Liverpool, and they've got their own sort of set of friends over there that right. they never knew, and they've met through supporting Liverpool. Right, right, you right, know, right, right. Which is, and that's, it's wonderful. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. great. At what point do you remember saying to yourself, man, I think I want to start coaching? Was that at a young age, or was it a certain point? Yeah, no, I was, I took my badges very early. I, I think okay. it, it was something that I always wanted to, to do. Um, I felt as if that when I was playing, I was always studying and always taking notes on different okay. coaches, mm-hmm. and um, it's just a passion for the game, really. Yeah. Just love the game. So um, I did my licenses early on with some some other players that I was very friendly with, and just mm-hmm. sort of went from there. And um, I, your first coaching experience here, um, when it's when it's um, so raw. I mean, it's still young. Versus coming from a very mature mm. culture, yeah, bit of a shock, right? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, now again, I I sort of when we came at thirty two, my plan was basically to to try to use the final piece of my playing career to understand the culture and the mentality. So okay. when I first came to Orlando, it That's was right, yeah. with a view to actually getting an understanding of of culture, and um, I certainly did that because you you come across from England where the it's it's just a different environment, you know. Here yeah. you have guys that are coming out of college, and you know, they're it's their first time being a professional, and they're you know, some of them twenty two, twenty three. So it's it's hard to fully explain the transition. Um, mm. But that was very valuable to me because you know when I did become an assistant in Orlando, and then obviously come here as the as the head coach, I felt as if I'd I'd had a, a decent runway to understand the landscape. Right, right. And one thing I also wanted to ask about um, having a family. Mm-hmm. And doing all the traveling that you've done, yeah. I think sometimes people don't really appreciate what it's like to have that kind of support. That people that love you, that are able to support you and boo you, you know, in good times and bad, yeah. or actually boo you when things may be bad, but keep your head straight when things are good too. Yeah. You know, because sometimes, I mean, I've heard you, I've heard every good coach in my life say, and when when things are great, 
manage that, you know. Yeah. But when things are bad, you got to manage that too. I mean, yeah. you know. So, I mean, if you could tell everybody a little bit about what it's, what that's. Yeah, like. I've been absolutely blessed. I mean, my wife Amy, um, we met. Uh, we actually met through friends. Clive, his um, girlfriend at the time, Sally, introduced us, and um, I think it was two thousand and four when we first started dating, and just. I can't speak highly enough of, yeah. of Amy. She's a very caring person, um, a lot of patience, which obviously you know she's she's needed for our relationship. Yeah. So she's been fantastic. She's an incredible mother um, with two beautiful children, and she's done an amazing job with with the kids and also with us as a as a family. She really has. Right, and it's and and people, families, and even if you know, like I don't have my family out here, but the thing is, when you have people that support you as opposed to just being a renegade. Yeah, and doing that thing because there's athletes that do that and coaches that do that. It never ends well. No, That's <laughs> it just exactly doesn't. It. I mean, all the trainers. We were just talking about one before. We were talking about um, who, who uh, from Chicago, uh, basketball player uh, Rodman. Rodman, and, and you know he's getting his life together now. But mm. you know, if you've ever read his life story, <laughs> hurricane. I mean, it just an insane, insane hurricane, and. Um, to have that, and the reason I want to circle that into what your, your professional family, because having that kind of support also, we were talking about the bond, as opposed to uh, there's your desk, mm. you know, uh, we'll see you, uh, you know, we'll see you next yeah. week or something, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever that is, yeah, yeah. pretty important as well, right? I mean, really important, and I think that goes back to to the value uh, set. I think when you look at the organization, the the culture that the organization has. Uh, the the care comes true, but the value set that the the for me is the biggest thing that it it shines through whether it's you know one of the owners whether it's somebody from the front office or whether it's a supporter you can see there's a real intention to make sure that you're in in good spirits and you know if you need help they're right. always there to help you yeah it's really awesome yeah. and 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 they've been there to help us too you know like they they've never been in a situation where as a supporter people are like you know as a group we're like can we and they're like you know, go away or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not no, go away is hard, but it's, 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 they're very open and they want to help. There's a willingness to try to help. And I think that's, it's incredible to see such goodwill um, throughout the organization. Normally yeah. there's maybe one guy, you guys, he's, he's a really good guy. And then there's, you know, yeah, right, right. He's exactly. okay. Exactly. You know, yeah, what yeah. is here? You know, great guy. Right, you know? right, and, right. and you mean it. Mm -hmm. you know? So now in an administrative role, Okay. Mm -hmm. What if you, I mean everybody wants everybody's been asking exactly you know your title, your position and your responsibilities. Yeah, I don't know if we've got enough time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll break. Don't worry, we're going to break it down. Yeah. Um now so basically I mean Mario's done a, an incredible job. So I think when you look at the the academy Take the U seventeen. So I mean all the all the local U clubs deserve enormous credit because I think with the the uh, the seventeens that have been allowed to to come and train every Saturday Sunday with Mario they'll go to um, Florida they'll participate in the in the showcase and it gives I would say the U seventeens here a completely different experience that they they will never have had right. and I think that's something that uh, as a club we want to grow into that and, mm -hmm. and sort of create more opportunities for the younger players in in um, in Louisville. I think then when you look at the 23s, that sort of builds off the back of the academy. So that okay. would be the USL League 2. That will mm -hmm. start, obviously, this summer, which again gives a lot of local players the opportunity to be able to play right. at a different level in their hometown. And right, that's right, something right. we want to, to really try to do is to is to get some of the younger players. And that will be a younger team. I mean, there will be a lot of players that will 
there'll be you know potentially a couple still in high school and others that maybe are just starting college that'll come back and and hopefully represent that team mm. um you then obviously have the first team which everyone is fully aware of right. and then we next year launched the nwsl which right. is right. really exciting yes. um, and then we've got some stuff with with a training center as well so there's there's a load of things that you're actually you know getting stuck into right the first you just mentioned the training center and we haven't really talked about that at all right i, I mean can you tell i i'm completely ambivalent i have no idea what what to, to, the work so that's going to take to build that because that's very so so important yeah i mean to be honest i don't know exactly what i can and can't say so okay, yeah, no, no. yeah right, <laughs> right right i understand i understand so there but, is going to be a training center right. well, there's, <laughs> yeah i mean there's there's talk that we're actually we're trying to create obviously with an academy the big issue in town is the facilities and right that's right. something not just for for loose city i think for everybody so okay. I think that's something that we're keen to try to really help the community with. Right, um, right. So there's ongoing talks as to how we can do that, how long that potentially would take, right. and then what's the best way for for the community to be able to utilize it. So okay. there's there's so many things that are, are going on that are really exciting, but it's it's keeping me very busy. Right, and sure. then, so so generically, what would a train any training center for any cl any club? What mm. what would that training center do for not just the team but the community as well? Well, I think, it, I mean, if you can get a training center, I think the big thing for, for any sort of pro team is where, so the location, that's the, the big thing. And then it's, okay, you know, how many people live in the area actually participate in soccer, you know? So mm -hmm. there's there's so many different layers that need to you need to come into it from a, a professional standpoint. <clears throat> we've got, obviously, the men's team. Next year, we're going to have the women's team that are playing in the, in the highest level in, right. I would say, <coughs> not only... You know, in this country, but in the world, you know, yeah. When right, you, when right you right look at the talent pool, about so France, maybe a couple other incredible. Yeah. So yeah. you know, you then have to facilitate that because, in essence, it's the equivalent of taking an MLS franchise and and bringing it to yeah. to Louisville. So right. of course, with that comes responsibility because mm. you're going <clears> to have you know top international players that have won World Cups that are going to need an environment that mm. is at the same level. So there's there's a lot that we need to be prepared for um, and make sure that there's this planning and that we can we can crack on with that. Okay. Is there anything on social media that you want to, anybody asking any questions or is there anything you want to do? Uh, Fildo jumped in here. Uh, Hi, Fildo. Phil Durbin. Hey, Phil. Fildo wants to know, did you ever consider coaching in the League of Ireland? My brothers played in the League of Ireland. Two brothers, so, right? Yeah. yeah so right. um, Daniel was there for, for a number of years oh, and, and he retired okay. and then... Uh, Kevin started in England and, and went across. He got a, a bad injury. He was forced to, to retire from professional um, soccer and he, he could play part-time. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't necessarily say I've, I've considered League of Ireland because I've, I've basically my, my pathway has been, has been America. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a league that I used to, when I was playing in England, I'd always go and watch my brothers and there's, there's a lot of guys I know who are back there coaching now and, you know, they've... Ireland have had some issues around the federation, around the FEI. There's been a little yeah. bit of scandal there. So uh, we had Martin French on here. He's a, he's a big supporter. I know Martin. Martin, yeah, and he lad. was on here, yeah. and he's a great guy. And he talked about that too yeah. as a supporter over there. Yeah, it's yeah, that needs to get sorted out. So there's, you know, there's a few things there that need to be ironed out, shall we say? Mm -hmm. And he he also wants to know. Um, back in 2012, obviously USL was it was a little different. Yep. He, he wants to know how much of a contrast you can see between 2012 and present Good time. Question. Oh, it's night and day. I mean, I'm talking like incredible growth. I mean, I swear that the league deserve enormous credit. I think for 
not just for the volume of teams, but the standards that have changed. I think when you look at you look at the teams now, with you know we've got our own stadium, but there's other teams that are pushing to get their own stadium. Some already have their own stadium. Mm-hmm. But I think when you look at the standards that have have come in, I think it's it's definitely in a in a, a way better place now. We were the the trendsetters. Yeah, we were one of them. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> yep. And and on, on top of that, you see teams that are really have no MLS aspirations really starting to do well, like New Mexico. Yeah. Great example of a, of a, of a team. They just they just have a, a wonderful support at the one year, you know. I mean, or two, incredible. You know? They've done mm-hmm. you know straight off the off the bat. I mean, you look at their support and you look at how they performed. Great Open Cup run last year, which yeah. they did tremendously well. Um, I think that then caught up with them toward the end of the uh, of the year um, from a league standpoint. But no, they they did a phenomenal job there. The whole organization, from you know front office to, to technical staff, was mm-hmm. a great first year for them. I have a thought. I, you talked about the coaching here in the states and getting your license over overseas. What are the unique challenges here versus there? Uh, without anyway, you have to get too super specific. You know, is it? No, you know, it, what, you know, there's there's different. Um, I think understanding culture and understanding mentality. Okay. Um, I think that's probably the the biggest factor. I think sometimes the game understanding here for for the player's age is is maybe not where you would expect ah, it to be. Okay. I think when you look at you know, you start at 16, you go into a professional environment, you're in full-time training twice a day, whereas a lot of kids here at 16 don't have that same mm-hmm. opportunity. Right. So I think that naturally then players are, they're, I would say, pushed a lot earlier and see things probably a lot quicker because of the environment that they get put mm-hmm. into and placed into. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the game here is definitely um, going in the right direction. I think from a developmental right. side, you can see they're trying to, to really push, you know, the, the NCAA. And there's, so there's lots happening here that I think are really going to help the game moving forward as well from that standpoint. And I guess in your position, I, I don't know, do you have to uh, engage with people in the community a whole lot? Or are you basically, uh, you know, is it more insulated and you have to work within the framework of the people that... Uh, that are you know working for the team, or do you? Yeah, no, I'm I'm very open. We, myself, there's a real alignment. I think with what we're trying to do. I think we, we want to grow the game. So I think right. for us, it's you know we we want to not only make the organisation better, but we want to make the community better. So you know we've had lots of different meetings with lots of different organisations, and mm-hmm. the first thing we ask is how can we help you? What right, can we do right. for awesome. you? Awesome, you know, awesome, I think that's awesome. that's something that you know Brad, Mario, and myself have been very keen to to say to people is okay well look what what can we do for you you know what what have we got that we can leverage to make maybe your job or your life a little bit easier and you know from a if it's to do with maybe a team or to do with something what can what can we do to give you a better chance of being successful and i guess over the last five six years we talk about the maturity of the game right and we talk about the infrastructure and and how stadiums are architected and all that and we talk about youth programs business par- partnerships and the mat- how much they have to mature because if you don't get paid you ain't playing and and how how, how important business maturing business relationships are and 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 how important that is well i think you, at the moment i think is a very unique opportunity because you look at the stadium mm-hmm. as you say you look at um, some of the partners that the club has has had from the beginning like baptist have done a phenomenal job of wow. Of supporting not just us but the whole community. They just renewed that, right? Was that the one that they just renewed? I believe it? so. No. And and you look at, we'll say, the way they've been able to grow some of their um, community um, events, and I would say, 
strategy that they've been able to utilize in, in helping people where we've been able to work together and, and really sort of benefit a lot of people so mm-hmm. i think there's there's different partnerships that have been able to bring a lot of good to the community and and that's something that we've been actively trying to really push is to is to do more for the community and try to to see you know we've met loads of different youth soccer clubs and you know the big mm-hmm. thing that they're all crying out for is facilities you right, know right. so we're we're doing our best to sort of sit and think okay well from a loose city standpoint, from a soccer holding standpoint, and then from a community standpoint, what can we do as an organisation? And there are limitations because, like everything, that there is a it's not a, a bottomless pit of cash that we have. So we have to right, try right. to be fair and, right. and try to be structured in how we go about things. But I think there's an openness and a transparency to what we're trying to do, which is really important. Yeah, and is there something new? Maybe I mean you were active doing on-field coaching. This is more of an administrative role. It's more of a, 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 it's not a bureaucracy. It, it, it's 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 more of an administrative role. It's it's more of a blue collar or a white collar thing. What is there anything yeah. that you took from the coaching aspect, that, or is there something new that you learned recently? That you're like, oh, you know, I didn't realize that, or or is there? There's there's lots. I mean, I think you know, Brad is, I would say, an incredible executive. So I think you know, being able to um, to learn from him, and I think we've had great conversations with with all the staff amongst the front office where mm-hmm. you. You sit and and the one thing that I've been really impressed with is the is the work ethic that's in the front office. I mean, yeah. people work their tails off, you know, which is 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 easy to see why the club has had the success that it's had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also then there's there's an alignment because I think from our standpoint, when you're trying to grow the game and you've so many different platforms that you're trying to make sure are successful and are put in with the right foundations, I think that there has to be that link between the entities. From right. the sporting side in the front office, and I think that's, in essence, another piece that I think myself and Mario and Brad are all trying to to make sure that that's a, a great transition for everyone involved. And um, we talked about Mario Sanchez. The first time I ever met him was last week. I mean, the guy's awesome. I, I'd never. I mean, he's just this. There's something just joyful about the guy. I can't think of a better word. Um, was that, was that, that wasn't your first experience knowing him coming here. I mean, I think he was, you know, you had met him before. Yeah, I mean, great. I mean, I gush about the guy, anybody I talk to now. So I, I, you know, and that's not trying, that's not because I'm trying to suck up to him to get him back. I mean, a little bit maybe. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> but he'd happily come back. He's, I know. He's, he's just, guy. he just, it just, I, you feel happier around that. You just do. I mean, it, can you tell a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate. I met Mario when he was here um, with Ken. Um, we developed a really good relationship. I think great, um, I would say, alignment of not only from a ph- philosophical standpoint, but on a human side. Yeah. Um, so Mario then went on to be the, the SIUE head coach, uh, but he would come back and, you know, he stayed with me a couple of times and watched watched their training and, you know, we just very open with mm-hmm. Mario. So he's... <coughs> You know, he's someone that I have enormous respect for. I mean, he's he's done a great job, and mm. he's someone from a a human standpoint as well as from a technical standpoint. He he's you know, a plus. Right, and then I guess building everything that we have to build. One thing that I I was thinking about today was the amount of new people you have to bring in, not just coaches, mm. trainers, you know, administration. Um, is it, I I don't I mean it's I don't know how many people you need. I mean is is it, 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 the application process and getting all that done—that's got it's a for me. I just it's it, it's daunting. It's it's a very overwhelming thing. And, and I'm, you know, I, I, I'm going to ask you how you're managing that, but I think I already know the answer. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of long hours. 
<laughs> really, it's just it's incredible. I mean, I think when you when you look at you've the NWSL side, so you've got not just from a technical standpoint, but when you look at uh, what's going to be required to to grow that entity, it's a completely different sort of it's a brand new business, you yeah, know. And then you're taking absolutely. on the the highest level player on the on the women's side, like right. it'll be world class talent that's going to come yeah. to the stadium. And we're going to focus this, the next segment. We're going to focus a ton on the NWSL. Yeah, and but it's bringing. so you, <clears throat> but that's only one side of it. Then right. you, you still have the academy piece, yep. and you still have the uh, the USL League Two piece that are, are coming in. And then it's like, well, are the games going to be at the stadium? Where are the games going to be played? Right. And and what can we do? What can't we do? What are people comfortable with? So. There's there's so much that has been has been going on. It's been um, it's been great. It's been exciting. Yeah. And it's been. Um, it sounds new. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that, that, yeah. there's a newness to it. That it's, there's something awesome about it. you do the same thing over and over. Not that people don't love coaching or playing or whatever, but when when you add a new element and it's still within the thing that you love to do, it's fresh, right? Well, I mean, that's exactly it. It's it's like I'm so passionate about the game, and yeah. I think it's it's great to be able to uh, to get stuck in and to be able to look at some of the. The challenges that that we face, and to be able to okay, well, we need to need to figure our way out through this. And <clears> you know, I think the the opportunity to continue to grow the culture and and create the same um, on the on the NWSL side is something right. that we're all really striving for. Awesome. And the last question I had about all this, um, and then maybe you know, if there's anything else, well, then we'll take a little. We'll get a couple things. Okay. Uh-huh. The challenge we talked about this a lot last week. Um, the United States has this unique system. As we try to develop soccer, you have we're trying to develop an academy system, mm-hmm. but we have the Scholastic and University deal too. Mm-hmm. It's never going away. It yeah. never should go away. No. I mean, you know, I mean, it's there's the, the school pride, and I remember being in high school, and yeah. you know, and 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 the joy of being part of that as well. But yet, still, there's a path that a person can take to play professionally through the Scholastic system. The first part of that is 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 that prevalent? In England, I, 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 my understanding yeah. is that you have to be younger, or you know. Yeah, I mean, in, in England, we were we had so Thursday was our day where you you'd in essence go to school, right? And we right, do right. a GNVQ and leisure and tourism, uh, but then, you know, we had the A team, then we had reserve team, and you had the U team. So right. you're, it was a lot to try to even keep up with with that. Um, I think the opportunity now, what a lot of teams are doing is they're creating. Um, full-time training but also then providing the, the degree the education whether it's online or mm-hmm. a local community college which i think is really important i think Very that much. they have to be given the opportunity to do both it shouldn't be a case of okay you just come and you play soccer mm-hmm. it has to be it when you get somebody. hand in hand you know mm-hmm. and then you know we've had multiple conversations even here when i was coaching there was there was a young a young player i won't mention his name but he, he wanted to sign for us and um had I a different set of moral code, uh, I could have signed them, but I didn't think it was right. And right, I said, right. listen, I said, you need to go to college. I said, yeah. we're not going to sign you. We are never going to sign you until you go to college. You right. know? So Because we could see that for him and his development, he needed it. He will need that degree. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, I think it's, it's, <clears> it's just, it's, <laughs> it's treating people like you would your own family. So sure. like I said to him, you know, if you were my son, You'd be going to college, so you know it's how it is. So, and then there's th- this this level, this 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 um, sort of horizontal level that you have to unite that you don't have to really worry about overseas. It produces a special challenge for anybody that's trying to unite that. And I think some of the fo- folks that are a little more purist and are looking for a real, um, you know, sort of the old school thing that that you have around the world, it's not happening. 
you know it's understanding the culture i think that's right. the, the big thing i think culturally the, <coughs> the country is is so different you have the draft right. system in basketball and right. american football it's the and this is again going back to when i first came here playing i mean uh, it's just it's so different and i, d I don't believe that uh, it should change in in so much as that anything should be put ahead of anything else this should just be Okay, well, what is that individual trying to do? And, right. You know, what's the best way of making it happen? Right, right. Did you have anything? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Is there anything? Um, just on the lighter side, just uh, so you're not out in the field doing training every day, coaching. You're doing more inside stuff. Mm -hmm. Are you going to miss the hat? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or are you going to wear it? I, I, <laughs> I, need to, I need to change the hat. I need to wear a woolly hat at the moment because yeah. it's yeah, starting it's to get cold. cold. Um, Honestly, I have been flying around. I mean, I, I feel as if I haven't had time to think because we yeah. are so busy. I mean, we're literally, we're in meetings and then we're shooting off to meet people, whether it's out, you know, in the community or a football club. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know yet. We'll, we'll see in the <laughs> summer. I might wear it out of habit. Do you, do you, uh, you remember that bit that they used to do on... Uh on ESPN, where it was like ESPN in the office, and they would go around to the different cues. Yes, and yes. Like they, <laughs> they, we, we need to get with Brad Estes and and have him uh, have him do something like that. We need some skits in the office. Yeah. Well, he did the one thing where he's going around giving people yellow cards. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and uh, anybody else? Um, anything you wanted to share on the? Uh, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> any plans? A Adam Welp. Uh, Hi, Adam. One of our one of our biggest fans. Um, he says, "Is what's the kind of general plan for outreach over to Indiana because a lot of our Indiana our northern yeah. neighbors are really curious about what's happening well we're meeting a, a group tomorrow we get another group tomorrow um, yes. 2 30 in the office from Indiana so mm -hmm. we've we've spoken to uh, to a number of youth sides over in Indiana and I think for us we, we want to grow the game not just we'll say this side we want to help as many people as we can so we've literally been sitting with with loads of different clubs and saying, okay, what is it you're trying to achieve? What is it you feel we can do? You know, do we need to provide some coach education? Do we need to provide maybe some players to come over? You know, do you want us to come over and put a session on? So we've we've been speaking about a wide range of um, of options to be able to help whatever that particular U club needs, and then trying to create a plan strategically to really help them grow their club and, and grow the game. Awesome. Anything else? I just want to. I want everybody to walk <coughs> walk over here from that Ped Bridge. Yeah, really. I, it's, uh, it's, it's it's not that far. I mean, yeah. it literally is yeah. it that far. I, I always looked at that like I, I I picture a lot of you know pubs and whatnot springing up around the Walking Bridge. Well, mm -hmm. um, so that'd be cool for Indiana fans to do their own march. March over the bridge. It's really not that far. Actually, no, honestly, from the bridge to the stadium, if we were to go from Do Love Live. It's not that much further. No, <laughs> they would all have great calves. Yeah, well, you'd oh, have yeah. to cross the street though. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, bang, 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 people flying all over. Um, there, there's, some, there's some fun questions in here. Uh, uh, Belmonte. Eric. Uh, Eric. Eric Belmonte, of course, he's, he has the, the best questions. Uh, he, he wants to know what it's like to play against the greatest player on earth, Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, that was an experience. Um, incredible feat, incredible strength. Um, I mean... He went by me like a gust of wind. I mean, <laughs> That's the thing that people incredible. don't realize. He's powerful. He's, He's so I mean, that guy's powerful. a monster. Gosh. I mean, even when we played, I mean, I knew <clears> a couple of the, the players and I'd speak to him and he was doing stuff in training and they were like just off the charts. I mean, Jesus. you look at him now, I mean, he looks 21. 
You, yeah, know, you yeah. look at his physique and you look at his power. I mean, the goal that header he scored there, um, mm. I think it was a couple of months ago, where he's up and he's it was like he's playing basketball. Right, right, oh, exactly. Yeah. What are you talking and about? Right, 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 right. You're like, wow, you know. Yeah. I mean, at his age to be doing that, I mean, it's just he's yeah. he's one of those players that just takes your breath. He's one of those few people that just you you just. <gasps> Well, you look at you his know? mentality. I mean, the, the guy, you know, he's he's got more money than sense. He, <clears throat> he doesn't need to do any more, but yet right. he brings it every it's single time, game, right. you know, and you just, it's respect. You go, incredible yeah. mentality, right. you know. Because Eric, uh, he made sure to put a fun fact in here about Ronaldo. Apparently, he has more Instagram followers than all 20 EPL teams combined. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder amazing. why. Yeah. That is amazing. He's a brand to himself. Yep. Incredible. Right, are you uh, are you still doing the wise thing and staying off social media? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm when it comes to to that. I mean, I've really. I mean, I, uh, mm-hmm. Amy laughs because you know she'll tell me about messages and stuff like that. It's yeah. I just I'm a little bit old school with with that. <laughs> I just it's I've never. I mean, I look at it now. I, I don't have the time for it. I, I really. I mean, you know, you're up early and we're cracking on with stuff and. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. it's yeah. something that's not bit me yet. We've, well, there was a lot of conversation recently before we go to start doing some of this stuff <clears throat> about how people engage each other on social media versus, I know I'm the by far the oldest here. Um, when I was a kid in the 70s, if you had something to say to somebody, you either said it <laughs> or you didn't say it. <laughs> now on social media... You know, you can you can get your you gander up and be like, "Hey, you, you're a big jerk face," <laughs> you know. And it's like, yeah. there's there's a middle layer there that didn't exist when I was a kid because I remember, you know, when I crossed somebody's path and said something to, that they didn't want to hear, they responded in a manner that told me you're not gonna re- you're not gonna <laughs> say that to me anymore. And it creates this fa- first, it creates this false uh, intimacy. Yeah. You know, because I could sit there and Trump, Trump or Obama or whoever, hey, you're whatever. Or I, re- yeah, I'm one of 80 million people. Like he's going to read that message. Yeah. You know, so you think you're actually doing something. You're not. I mean, and you know, it's more for yourself. And the other thing is, we've kind of. I don't want to go anywhere. You have to engage people personally. You know, you have to talk to them. It's almost like trying to. Can you imagine coaching? Through social media, I mean, it's it's impossible. But this is the that the would be hilarious. Thing. It's trying to make sure that because a lot of the younger generation are obviously really into it, so yeah. you need to watch it because you can get a lot of guys that come in and will sit on their phones, and then the ability to converse, the ability to create a relationship, mm-hmm. it's there's that awkwardness because they're so used to just sitting on their phones, and you know you don't want that. You and want them to develop a relationship and bond. And there's a false, like I said, that false intimacy. You got a couple athletes in the United States right now that are dealing Antonio Brown. What, who he, last time last team he played with was the, the New England Patriots. He's lost it. I'm sorry, I, but I'm not saying, and I'm putting it mildly compared to what this guy is. He he, they they take their lives and they put it into the social media, and that dopamine rush you get from that like, you think it matters. It, it, it yeah, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, we've had it. I mean, we were laughing because the kids. I mean, we, we'll take the. Um, the electronics away, and yeah. it, half the time they haven't done that much. It's just uh, I want to. I want them to have a break, so they go into the garden. So I'll take it off, right. and then mm-hmm. that's it. Right. And, you know, what we talk about last week, going out in the street and playing versus yeah. 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 Well, Lincoln and I, we've we've uh, we've taken to puzzles. Yes. So we we do those puzzles t- puzzle together now. Puzzles. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I had a lot of puzzles when I was a kid. I was puzzling. Oh, yeah. I knew. Okay. I will say one good thing sorry. about social media. 
I mean, I would not have gotten to know and gotten to just joke around with all the fans of the different clubs. Club, that's like, true. There's a positive Rising side. Nation is a Phoenix account. I never would have spoken to these people. Right. There's there's a positive side. But I mean, goofing around along, online all the time. Anyway, ladies so, and gentlemen, James yeah. O'Connor's been here. We're going to take a short little break, and we're going to have a little fun, and we'll get back to some NS. I really want to talk about NWSL. Yeah. There's a lot of people. No problem. But anyway, I want to play a little game. This is going to be like a bit about socks or something. No, it's not. We're going to play a little game <laughs> called. We're going to play a little game called Pick'em. Oh. Okay. So I'm going to give you uh, an, a choice between two things, and I'm going to tell you which one you think should be whatever. For example, which is more exciting, extra time and soccer penalty shootout in a league title game or the last period in overtime in a game seven of an NBA game? Which do you think is more exciting? I know it's a little hard for you if you're, never, you're not into basketball or hockey, mm-hmm. hockey especially. Overtime and and shootout in a league title game in soccer or game seven of a championship plus shootout in the NHL, which is more exciting. I don't think you get that tension anywhere like you do going to penalties. So I think that's okay. that's the one for me. Have you ever played in have you ever played in a league match that you had to do something like that? in any at any level, anything or Oh, I've got the penalties, yeah. I mean I've, yeah, I've yeah. taken a penalty. Yeah, I mean it's um, but, I mean, God, I still remember Red Bulls. Uh, yes, I was there. Oh, yeah, a bunch of us went there. The year yeah. before when they knocked us out in penalties. And, yeah, you know, those two games were amazing. Amazing games. Yeah. Now, but I got to say this about hockey. A game seven, the final period, even if I... And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hockey fan, but I'm not a super extremist anymore. My hair stands up the whole time because everybody's screaming. And it's this enclosed... You've got the, you've got the roof. That's the big difference. Because the sound is right, you're just—it's palpable. You, you just feel it. And then if you go into overtime, it's—it's just—I don't know. Anyway, I would—I'll take this. I'll take the the, the penalties. I—I I, I guess hockey would depend on what teams were playing okay. for me. Okay. You know. Mm-hmm. So anybody that's watching, you could comment about yeah. this. All right, here you go. Hockey seems fun to me, but I only found out about a year ago that the Nordiques are no longer a team. So. No, they're not. It's yeah. it's so, it's basically soccer on ago. soccer on crack. It's <laughs> the, it's it, the yeah. speed and the power that these guys have. It's unbelievable. The Whalers the Whalers are a soccer team now. So yeah, there you go. They are. Which one do you think would be scarier? Okay. <laughs> what do you think would be scarier, being a thoroughbred jockey or a cliff diver? <laughs> a cliff diver. Do you think? Yeah, the my ver- my vertigo would kick in. Are you jumping on anything that has a mind of its own? No. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. There's you know because yeah. a horse. I mean these these jockeys. Yeah. Are scary athletes. Mm-hmm. They're amazing athletes. First of all, first of all, try and hit that position for two minutes and just stay there, Fair. and then get right. on an animal that wants to say, you know what, I'm done with you. Get off. <laughs> <laughs> if, if the horse decides you're going to go, I think you're just going to go. But mm-hmm. and the only cliff diver I can think of is uh, actually Superfly Jimmy Schnucka, and that man was <laughs> uh, crazy. <laughs> I hear you. Superfly. Never mind when I was like ten at hotels, I would always get up on the counter and do the Superfly splash onto the bed. <laughs> James, you may be able to relate to this one. Which is more dramatic? A referee the moment a soccer official gives a coach a red card or a basketball ref when he gives a coach a second technical foul, throws him out of the game. <laughs> I got him stumped. I think basketball would be more... Because of the most... See, I'm with the basketball thing, too. There's the card. I mean, the card, there's a drama to the color of the card. Boom. But them refs, when they tee up a coach the second oh, yeah. time, it's they're like... Boom! 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 And everybody just explodes. There's something about it. What do you think? I'm going to choose option C. When when there's a player on the sideline doing this like he's never seen the ball before. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. (laughs) 
Okay, what do you think is more embarrassing, an own goal in soccer or missing a dunk in basketball? The own goal, man. Okay. It's so... Missing a dunk is easy. Okay. But, man, have you ever watched one of those, What you know, the ball's just kind of trickling back to the goal, and then oh. the keep the keep steps back, and he's ready. I mean, he's, he's ready. See, and he takes that swing, and his foot just goes over it, and then he turns around to compensate, and he can't keep up with it. It's, see, oh, man. I'm not going to ask you <laughs> the question. So don't worry about it. I'm not going to ask that question. <laughs> but there's here's, the, here's where I would push back on that a little bit. Sometimes with these own goals, somebody rifles a ball at you. You have no control. It just ricochets off you. In a dunk, I'm running at the hoop. The hoop's not moving. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've got I've got a hand this big, and I'm holding a ball, and I reach up something, do something I've done five thousand times, and I miss. And the crowd totally expects you to nail that dunk because there's this moment where you go, <gasps> "Here comes the big dunk!" Oh, you know? there's a there's a compilation yep. on YouTube of, of LeBron miss, yes. of LeBron missing You're dunks. Hear it's great. About that, but it's way less consequential for the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What do you think is more boring, a golfer walking in between holes in a, in a contest or a ref or a, co- a coach of a baseball team walking out to throw out a pitcher? Definitely golf. Yeah, there's something about golf when they walk. I mean, I love golf. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, it's, it's a little hard to watch on TV without good commentary. And then they're walking. And, and you're they, like. When the, and they fill the walking with other golfers. <laughs> <laughs> and in baseball, there's a chance it's Tony Larusa. So you know. Oh man! Do you play golf? Did you? I used to play a lot of golf, and then uh-huh. I mean, Amy goes mad when I say it, but obviously uh, you end up with the kids, and then your right, golf right, just right. completely stops. You know, that's mm-hmm. what's happened to me anyway. Uh, let's see. There's one. Let's get one more. Uh, what do you got there? I said that. Ah, most most embarrassing. Oh, here we go. One more. See, I have. I need my glasses. Uh, the most tedious thing you ever see, a planned touchdown celebration in an NFL game or a planned celebration after a goal in soccer? Which is more tedious? More tedious? Yeah, which is just hard to watch. A- I got to go with the NFL thing, too. I, I, I mean, you get things like tucked in, locked in. That was a planned celebration, but yeah. it was a good one. Well, it, yeah, but there have been some. Now, to be fair, there have been some planned soccer celebrations. I'm looking, I was like, please don't stop. Stop. <laughs> and they're in the middle of it. I like the rowboat. Yeah, you know, the robot. I like when the guys funny. get down and down and did the rowboat. That was yeah. great. And the NFL thing, they used to not let them do that. They used to they used to stop the celebrations. You get a penalty. Oh, because, wow. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were called like, there was a there was a time it was called the no fun league. Yeah. And now they let them do it, but now it's gotten ridiculous. I yeah, mean, they come because everybody wants to come up with their own little thing. Mm-hmm. I like that though. I mean, I like it when it's when it's staged properly. It's just mm-hmm. that yeah. we, okay, everybody, let's line up. You get over there, and all of a sudden you're like. Yeah. I, I like a, a really, uh, I like a really vibrant, healthy league where there are characters and there are, uh, you know, uh, just back in the day. You remember all that stuff that Terrell Owens used to do I miss Terrell like when, Owens. when they'd play the Cowboys and yeah. he'd go down and like get on the Dallas, the Star, and he'd like mm-hmm. dance on it and stuff. Right, right, right. right and right. then Emmett Smith would come running down and face. crush yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's the I loved the NFL back then. What was, like it I was when Terrell stiff arm stiff armed a player so hard he threw him onto the sideline. Side <laughs> <laughs> it was. What was, Bly, what's the best goal celebration you ever saw when you were playing? Is there anything that sticks out? Or, I mean, I, yours, when you scored against Cardiff, you ran really, really far. Uh, yeah, your celebration, you just kept running and running. Yeah, the <laughs> at the far end. Yeah. That was, but that, like the, in that particular game, the guy in the Tannoy came on and was, was basically telling the Cardiff supporters not to come onto the field because we were losing, obviously, because they beat us in the, 
in the home game, so it was nil nil. So they assumed right. that the game was over. So right. they're speaking to the supporters and telling <coughs> them not to come on the field, and then obviously they score. But our supporters were down the far end, so I had to run to the opposite end to celebrate with our supporters. Right, right, and then right. when I turned around, Cardiff were attacking. You know. <laughs> <laughs> He tries to look a guff. Gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the spot, I love spontaneity. I mean, regardless of the sport, when somebody does something and they experience a moment of joy, and you could experience that moment of joy with them in a manner that you know that they've they've achieved something, and they don't, they just experience it as opposed to, mm-hmm. all right, now I've got to run five steps that way, and I've got to do a couple of these and a couple of these, and it's just whatever. I mean, I you know, it's all right. I don't know. I like when one guy's doing the celebration and then four other guys will run in and they look at him and they, they just start doing what he's doing. Right, right, yeah. right, right. That's, those, are the, those are great, really candid moments. Yeah. Uh, Finding out Luke could do a backflip, that was cool. I, we also <laughs> found out that Sean Tosh can't dance. That was, <laughs> I forgot about that one. I think we already suspected. I called that the, the, the North Dakotan Mambo or whatever it called. It's it. the Tosh Shuffle. Right, right. But anyway, that was just a little little something to break up, whatever, because we're pressuring you with all these questions. I apologize. Yeah, but um, All right. Um, so anyway, it's N- NWSL. Um, it is, we've talked about this a lot. It's exciting. It's amazing. Um, I look at it as an opportunity that this city has to go to the next level. And it would literally be the first city in American history that took their professional experiences and grew the city through a woman's soccer team, a woman's sports team. I don't. Th- I can't think of any other city that's ever done that. Usually, they've already been established, and a woman like you know Portland, uh, Portland Thorns, and, and those teams. But you already had the Sounders, and you already had mm. you know there was already p- teams there. Um, I, I guess I, w- was it the challenge that you said, man, I, this would this is an amazing challenge to, to take this on, or? Um, yeah, I think when you you look at the the people involved, I think you look at the the club, you look at the the challenge. Um, I think it's just it's. It's something that you know I really want to get my teeth into. I think when you look at the the opportunity for the league itself, for the growth that they have from ha- the growth they've had, and I think for the plans that they have moving forward, right. I think it's it's an incredibly exciting time to be joining the league. Okay. And I think when you look at our club, the opportunity with the new stadium, and the fact that we don't have a major league team, well, this is the opportunity for exactly. us to get the major league team. And I, I think there's there's so many aspects to it that you know uh, I really can't wait to to get stuck into. Yeah, and and one of the things I was wondering about, we talked a little about the 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 uh, regions of influence, right? You know, with you know, you were talking about in Louisville with the, with the academies, you want to grow it locally, right? And that's what all teams want to do. Here's the thing with with women's soccer, I'm wondering about. We asked Mario the same thing. It, it's not <clears throat> there's a lot more space because we don't right, currently we only have ten teams. Is does it is it feasible to think that how you approach um, local with women's soccer is a, a larger area, or do we not even, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's no teams. We talked about that. The lo- closest team is Chicago. Yeah, five hours away, and then you got to go down to I think it was what did we say Charlotte or something. I think, you know, you that's the closest ones. Is currently is, currently currently yeah. right exactly exactly. Yeah. So is that? Hey, look, we want to win. You yeah, know? I think the. <clears throat> The growth that I think will happen probably in the next five years, I envisage being similar to um, the way USL went. I think really? When you okay. look at how USL has gone, wow. I think when you look at, even if you take England, you, you look at how the game has, has grown there on the women's side. I think the fact that you now have um, the investment um, up in Seattle, you know, from uh, Leon. 
So I think there's there's so many factors that you look at and you think, okay, the, the league is literally getting ready to take off. Awesome, awesome. Um, because like there's yeah. a new commissioner coming in the next couple of weeks, <coughs> few weeks, I think that needs to come in. So there's there's a lot that they need to um, to get cracking on with, but I think equally it's just a great time to be joining the league. Yeah, and, and I guess as a concern as a fan, and, and one of the things I'm worried about, I, I would hate to see them, I, I guess the word is overgrow or, or expand too fast. Yeah. I mean, and there's no there's going to be a commissioner. Um, I mean, without sharing things, hopefully there's some sort of idea of that, you know, that they understand that, you know, yeah. you know. The Candidly, I think that's the, you know, the, the commissioner, when he or she is appointed, I think that's probably one of the first things they're going to okay. have to, to look at. I think okay. the, the growth side of it. But I think equally, when you look at how well America has done on the women's side, how successful they've been, right. you look at the growth in Europe, you look at the Canadian national team. Yes. You look good at point. The, yeah, uh, very good. The way it's the, the direction of where it's headed, it's it's going one way. It's it's literally going to take off. Awesome. And, and <clears throat> you start talking about um, the amount the the world talent the world talent pool. Mm -hmm. It's a little more accessible for the women than it is for the men. You know, having you have been haven't been coaching here because this is the place or at least one of the places to play as opposed to maybe some of the, the struggle you have to 100% this is a top top league you know this is a world renowned league so we are literally going to have the very best female soccer players right. hopefully playing for us and then coming uh, to entertain everybody so I think the opportunity for I would say not just people in this area but from Indy from, from surrounding areas right. to be able to come and watch Exactly, a, uh, a fantastic, you know, female athlete is something that hopefully we we want to tap into. Right, and selfishly as a fan, because I want to see the team win. You know, it almost sounds like we're pilfering, but I don't think so. I mean, if if we if the circle of influence is larger and we can grab more players, I would as a fan, I would be like, do it. You know, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, it's it's there's I understand that there's a culture of growing teams locally. But then, you know, there's the competitive end. We're playing in the first division of hopefully is or is very close to being the premier women's league in the world. You want the best players here. And if regional means this as opposed to this, I'm all for it, man, because that means it'll just be better. <laughs> Don't worry about that. We'll okay. Be <laughs> Sorry. I mean, no, we'll be, <clears throat> listen, we want, if someone's local and they're good enough, great, they get right. to play. Right. If somebody's not local and they're good enough, they get to play. I think for us, mm -hmm. it's, you know, we'll be very, um, very ambitious, and we want to be hitting the ground running in that league as well. So mm -hmm. it'll be, yeah, it'll and be. it's a similar challenge, uh, regardless of men or women. You still have, actually, from a, from a, from a, a standpoint in the United States, the the women's interschool uh, interscholastic deal and the and the intercollegiate deal is more vibrant and and more important to the women's feed than it is to the men's side. So I guess the the challenge of of locking in with them. And making That's sure that there's a connection as well. Exactly. I mean, I've already had some great conversations with, with Karen Ferguson. Um, she's someone who I have enormous respect for at, at UVL. And mm. I think tapping into um, to so many different contacts and layers, um, whether it's regional, whether it's local, national, international. It's, there's been a lot of phone calls already. There's, there's, you know, there's a load that I've been, I've been I would say, um, not only researching, but trying to make sure that we get the very best talent that's available but right. then equally for us as an organization it's we want great character and I yes. think that's the the big driver for us is you know there'll be talented players but you know to play for 
for our organization. You have to have great character, and that's something we, we really want to drive home. And I think that, this, that one of the things that we really haven't touched on a whole lot is there's a winning culture that's that's been c- cultivated by yourself and other people here, and the fans kind of expect it now. A- yeah, and <laughs> and if you're a player that wants to come here, it's not a gig. It's a it's your heart. You know what I'm saying? And that you yeah. have to because I'm not going to be any lighter on anybody. You know, no, I mean, you know. I think, and that's the the great thing. But I think the great organizations, if you look at you know Manchester United in their heyday, you know Liverpool obviously went through a, a phase, a long period where maybe they they weren't winning, but the expectation was still to win. I think right. teams that have had success, I think people will will always have that expectation, mm-hmm. and I think it's whether the expectation is winning or, or whatever that expectation is, it's making sure that you you have players and technical staff that can manage the expectation. Right. And and the other thing, too, is as a fan of, of – of, I'll, I'll support any American team in any sport. I don't care what it is. I don't care the gender, whatever. The Title IX advantage that we had is gone, okay, because we had that for a while. And you feel a little funny talking about that sometimes because you, almost by saying that, some people are like, what, are you attacking them? What, you don't like them? No, I'm just being honest about it. Right, and you see Spain, and you see England, and you see France, and you see these nations that have really, in in, in almost a sh- much shorter time, matured their game mm. because they had a much better infrastructure. Is that a bit of a challenge for you, or do you, you know, what? what will... I think the challenge will be keeping the best talent in this league. I okay. think that's that's something that I think the league will will um, look. It's not rocket science. I'm sure they're aware of it. I mean, they, right. they've just lost Sam Kerr, has gone to to Chelsea for a huge, right. a that's... huge amount. Real Madrid are bringing in a team next year. Like the 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 global game on the women's side is going through the roof, and that's why yeah. when I look at America, it, it's not going to be any different. Right. You know. Right. So there's some of the challenges that you, now you came in five, six years ago, and um, some of the challenges you had in scouting for a brand new Division Three USL team uh-huh. versus some of the challenges now of creating a Division One NWSL team. What similarities and what differences? Um, I think in, in this role, obviously, looking at technical staff, I think when, obviously, I came in originally, I was the coach, and, and in essence, it was myself and Daniel and, and really cracking on with things. I think in, in this situation, it's trying to appoint a uh, a coach whether it's male or female and that's a question we keep getting asked and, and for yeah. us it's the best person you know right. i think it's making sure someone has a good understanding of club values club culture club expectation and then making sure that there's a good fit from a character perspective mm-hmm. on the recruitment side and i think w- we see as a, a key appointment we, we want to get somebody appointed that you know will understand you know what we need as an organization but then also from a character perspective that is a great match and right. I see for me obviously it's it's sitting down with, with Brad and, and John and everyone and going through the the whole process and mm. then hopefully getting a, a great candidate appointing them and then supporting them the very best we can to make sure that they they get what they they feel they need is it a robust pool of players is there a, a strong pool of players that we can pull from is it or is it that the, maybe um maybe we still have to um grow the system in order to to, to pluck them from wherever they are is, yeah a bit sense? of both i think really i think when you look at it i mean there's, there's four mm. international slots that the, the league have they become okay. really important obviously you know MLS and USL is, is slightly different because they have a lot more. Mm-hmm. The collegiate game is very prevalent as well, so it's making sure you have an understanding of, of that. Um, mm-hmm. We're very hopeful. And candidly, I think we, you know, with the number one draft pick, we hope that that will be the case. Yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah. that all has to be come true. But I mean, I think there's there's lots of opportunities. So it's yeah. it's also then giving the technical staff some time to be able to 
to plan and plot and you know we got when we first came here we were announced June 4th um, and then we I started pretty much straight away and we moved here in July and you know that was 2014 and then started in 2015 so it's it's just understanding that it needs to be a process mm-hmm. and everyone needs to adhere to the process and then the criteria of of good people is really important to us right. as an organization and and I, a question I've heard I'm sorry I'll, ask, I'll let you guys go um, a question I've heard from people is the staff on the field will they interact on for, regardless of academy or the pro teams will um, will they interact on both sides or will it be sort of specialized I, I I don't know anything about it so I don't you know what I'm saying does that make sense like if, if I'm coach if I'm teach if I'm a teacher I'm teaching uh, uh, the men's side mm-hmm. will I also rotate over to the women's side as well from the academy or or does it ma- I mean yeah or, or I mean not? I I think uh, at the pro level I think there'll be two technical teams right. there'll be obviously there'll be hack and, and his crew and right. then on the on the women's side there'll be whoever it is and, and their crew i think mm-hmm. that if the culture's right there should be an overlapping of ideas and you know philosophical i would say conversations um in the academy i think we envisage something very similar i think okay. we, we want everyone to be a uh, a member of the family and you know whoever's got a good idea you know share the idea and ultimately whoever's in charge will decide you know whether to use it or not Right, right. Is there anything? I have a question that I can roll into that that's been asked. Uh, so do you foresee any kind of an academy uh, catered to the women's side like we have the U23s for, for Louisville City? Oh, I think, yeah, at the moment, I think we're, we're going through everything. So, yeah, there's, uh, we could definitely see that. Um, I think that's the, I would say, one of the one of the goals. I mean, as we, we go through this process with the academy, we certainly want to make sure that there's there's a pyramid system on, on either side. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, have you gotten a chance to kind of see what's going around the going on around the U.S. as far as women's academy so far? And is there anybody that stands out as doing it really well? Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's some organizations that we've been tapping into. Um, I think we've been trying to to look. I would say not necessarily at academy um, structure, more process. Um, whether it's academy recruitment, whether it's collegiate recruitment, you know. I think for us the big thing is good people and yeah. I think that's the the biggest factor I think we what we want to do is to make sure that the the technical staff on the NWSL uh, team are, are given a good runway to be able to attack you know what they need to attack and and support as best we possibly can you know whether that's facility wise whether it's you know whatever they need and that's you know what we're here for is there anything else go ahead I have one more from Mr. Brian Blinn Hi Brian um he says his understanding is that U.S. soccer allocates uh, U.S. women's national team players to NWSL teams. How is that decided, and how much say does the club have in who they may get? That's a great question. I think, again, once the, the commissioner gets appointed, I think all that will be clarified. I think there's there's so many different ways that people look at it, and we've, we've heard a couple of different things. So. I think for us, it's just going to be a case of once the commissioner gets appointed, uh, I, I'm sure then there'll be a list as regards expansion and how that's going to exactly go. Um, so, I think we'll be led by the commissioner as to how that process will unfold. But equally for us, it's just an incredibly exciting time to be involved in all that. Uh, I think yeah. that's something that we we really look at and think with the stadium, with the the success of the USL team and the opportunity of the NWSL. It's just it's a it's a fantastic time to be involved with the with the club, and I feel blessed to, to be here again. Now, I would I would suspect uh, that because of our stadium, and, and we've all kind of discussed that this is going to be a destination now for for players. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm 
I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of the women are going to want to come here too, because this is now a destination with the new stadium yep. and, and everything else. So I'm cultivated too. I mean, it's, it's, it's right. literally raw yeah, and it's incredible opportunity. I mean, yeah. I think when you, when you look at the, um, the opportunity for, for a top female athlete to be able to look at, yeah. you know, the opportunity to play in that stadium and who wouldn't want to play in that stadium. It's, it's incredible, you know, and, right. um, I think it's, it's a very exciting time for all of us. Rose Rose Lavelle needs to play in that stadium. Oh, you're right. So there's there's been a lot of conversation <laughs> following sports and all and, and regardless of the sport, there's a real heavy emphasis on analytics now, mm-hmm. as opposed to I guess instinct. You know, I mean, I'm following the NFL and I'm a huge NFL fan too. You have some older school coaches that have been around for a while, have been rehired. They're not analytics people. Is that something that's been intertwined with this now? Is that something that you know? I mean, wherever you've coached, I mean, you know, that's part of that's that's there's 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 a new genesis of how people are uh, evaluated, approached. Is that something or? No, you're spot on. I think that's something. Even when I was here coaching, that there's a a guy here called Austin Buchanan who um, is a, is a great guy, and we tapped into him a number of times around analytics and data mm-hmm. and. and coming through different uh, I would say analytical approaches so uh, I think whether it's you know on an individualistic game whether it's recruitment I think data has its place but I think also as does character as does physical ability so there's for me when there's recruitment there's so many different layers to it it's not just one um, but it definitely has a huge um, a huge bearing on and it's not a new argument I mean this is not new I'm old enough to remember when those Commodores came out you know and People talked about computers taking over the games, mm-hmm. and the conversation's been being had for for thirty five years now. And I don't think of it as a fan. I don't, and somebody who used to teach, I if I look a kid in the eye, I don't care about your analytics because I can tell when I look you in the eye whether you're going to care or not. You know, that's, and there's I, I I mean instinct, and I guess hopefully these new kind. I want to go back to this coaching thing because it's 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 not discussed enough. We're only going to get as good. We can have all the talent in the world. If we don't develop good coaches and officials, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to hinder the growth of the players. And I'm wondering if the analytics thing and, and making sure that the dots and spots and everybody's covered in the X's and O's and talked about this Mario too, are we creating mathematicians that happen to run around playing soccer as opposed to the creative aspect? I don't think you can teach creativity. Mm. I don't. I, I just don't know how you teach somebody how to be go be creative. Yeah. You know? And this is, I think that's exactly it. I think you... You don't want the game to be made predictable. Right. You know, you, you need to have an understanding of you know what you want from that individual, and mm. then you need to have a way to quantify it. And I think how to quantify it, data plays a, a piece in that. And as does you know behavioral profiling, as does what you actually visibly see yourself. You right. know, and then from a character perspective, you know, the, there's so many different layers that you know. I think when you look at recruitment, it's it's not just okay. You know, is he a winger? Is he really quick? You know, there, there's right. so many. It's okay. Well, what's his productivity? You know, you you need to literally go from A all the way down. So there's there's so many different layers to it. Right, and it's and you and, and the challenge of ba- balancing. I mean, there's there's no analytic that's like, well, that person's got a 37.6 chance of giggling if I tell them something. You know, it, it yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. And and how their personality and and the brightness of somebody or the somberness of somebody. There are players that are very sort of introverted, somber, but they're still amazing. Yeah. And there's no data point that's going to give that to you. A human being is going to make sure that works. But this is your, you're then into EQ, Joe, and this is yeah. the, the thing that, again, you need to be, you know, you, you need to have good emotional intelligence because yeah. when you're dealing with humans, 
you need to have empathy and you need to understand what makes them tick you know what right. what allows them to perform you know mm-hmm. like there's this you know it's not just data it's not just eq it's a combination of of everything okay um <clears throat> engagement with the na- i say something i'm not very very knowledgeable of is the engagement of the women's national team in the federation with the league um uh, I, I don't know anything about it. Is, is you know, does it need to be there? Is it there? Does it? You know, what I'm saying. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's. I don't want to put anybody. I don't. I'm asking because I have yeah, no, zero knowledge. It's it. it's ongoing. I mean, you, you have players that are allocated, you know, to the league from the national team. They're paid, you know, by the federation. Um, so it's 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 a little bit different in that way. Um, I think that's something that again, as as the the league grows and as as things move forward, uh, I'm sure that'll be looked at. So there's. Mm-hmm. There's so many things currently that I think the league themselves are, are analysing and looking at. And, you know, I think the commissioner, when that person is appointed, has got to provide the direction that, you know, the league owners see the league going and mm-hmm. then set off on a course. And, and you know, it'll be uh, a great journey. I think we're, we're joining yeah. the league at an incredible time. We're, we're really fortunate to be able to, to get the opportunity and, and great credit to the ownership for... Mm-hmm. For stepping <clears throat> up and bringing this um, to the to the town. And before I move on with that, uh, what this ownership group doesn't get the credit it deserves. I, it just doesn't. I don't. I don't hear it enough. I. They don't have to. They don't have to do what they do the way they're doing it to get paid. I, think I mean, the, you know what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, and, 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 and I agree totally. They're very unassuming, and I think they. Um, you have some people in life that are very quiet achievers, and I think they've done an, an absolutely incredible job. I think when you look at the at the club on a national level. I think it's um, it's given a blueprint of, of how to, to start up an organisation and, right. and really go on and and not only from the success on the field but the the community involvement and the, the relationship between all the supporter groups and right. it's it's like a big family so it's they deserve enormous credit for the way it's been set up. Is there anything about um, the league that haven't asked about that you would like to let people know about? I mean, I, I don't want to miss anything that you think is important for supporters to say like, wow, I, you know, w- w- this would be something you want to consider. Too. Yeah, I think that, I don't think we've missed anything. I think the, the, the fact that you're going to get world-class talent, yeah. it's, it's the equivalent of, you know, we're going to have players and on, on we'll say if we're making comparisons on the men's side of like Paul Pogba and, you know, top, yeah. top players, the international level that are going to come to town. It's, uh, I think it's just absolutely incredible when you look at the, the talent um, that these female players have and yeah. to see them be able to come and, and play in our own backyard. Is, mm-hmm. And then some of them will be, you know, representing us. It's just, it's incredible. It's exciting. And, and, and you know, going back to, to, to finish that part of it, this is literally... Our, this is our door. This is our door. If you're, if you, if you love the Louisville community, you've been here. You got both been here your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. You've been part of the soccer community since you were a kid. If somebody told you 20 years ago, I've asked you this before. I mean, but 20 years ago that this was happening, and we're literally this game was the thing that was going to put because it was always basketball, mm. NBA, NBA. We need an NBA team here. That soccer is going to be the game to do this? I mean, honestly, what do you think? I mean, I, I had a conversation with a guy, and I, I vividly remember this conversation. I was at River City Indoor Soccer Club. I'm not going to name drop anybody. <laughs> um, but I this was three or four years before we started, you know, all of these discussions and whatnot about bringing a team to Louisville and stuff. And he laughed at me. He said, you know, pro soccer is never going to come here. Right. right. He, he's <laughs> like, it's, it's not going to happen. You, you don't have a <clears throat> fan base and blah, blah, blah. And it turned into a big thing. And, I, you know, I, I – I just I'm blown away by everything. Yeah. Um, but that was I mean what eight years ago nine eight nine years ago and that was just mm-hmm. that just blew my mind. I'm like well, 
I whatever, mean, dude. <laughs> when I was young, all the time going up, coming up through uh, grade school, play, played sports the whole time because I mean, eventually I had to stop because I'm terrible. But it turns but out you were a world class play, mascot. That's yeah, the, I was. But if you want to play in high school, you have to be good at it, and that pretty much rolled right, me right. out. But I mean, it seemed like everybody who played youth sports was playing basketball and soccer. Right. I mean, basketball. Obviously, it's Louisville. This. Right. Yeah, you're going to see basketball. So. Those are the two sports all the kids were playing, so I've kind of always figured it would. I figured it would be pro basketball over soccer, but I thought it'd be one of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm happy po- at soccer. I prefer it. Right. A couple things about about infrastructure right now as it relates to the game. There's this ongoing thing about promotion relegation. Okay. <clears throat> um, Edwards Commissioner has already said at the USL level that the door is open. Um. I don't think we're anywhere near mature enough, but would love to see it someday. You played under that system. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I'm a massive fan. Mm-hmm. I really am. I think um, when you look at the excitement that gets generated, um, I think too often you can get um, in a system that doesn't have promotion relegation. There's, you know, if you're if you're out of contention in the playoffs, you know, you could have a number of games that Bye-bye. become meaningless. Whereas right. I think. In a promotion relegation system, there's there's always games that have something on it. You know, you're either fighting to get into the playoffs, fighting to get promoted automatically, right. or fighting candidly to stay in the league, right. which generates huge excitement. And and this is the bit that eventually it will come. I mean, I don't know when, but I, I definitely see it happening. Um, and when it does come, I think people will be amazed at the excitement that it generates and then the TV interest will be through the roof again. That's what I say. There's there's a reality TV aspect to this that it's, has never been experienced in sports before. Yeah. You're talking about, like, and you played in the divisions where your livelihood is literally linked to moving the team up. That doesn't exist in the NFL because, or especially the NBA. I walked away from being an NBA. I used to love the NBA, but I'm not a fan anymore. The guaranteed contract thing was was a part of it. My, I, as a guy that grew up following the Knicks, they suck. I mean, they literally <laughs> suck. And watching these guys play with zero passion, they don't care. Yeah. Mm. They're getting paid yeah. one way or the other. They're getting paid. That doesn't matter. They could be in last place. They, it doesn't matter what. Yeah. And and now, if you could, it, it was there? I mean, you played at those levels. You you played in the playoff thing. Is there any way to to relate that to everybody and tell you and tell people what that the the the, the insane passion that has to bring out of you? I mean, but it's and it's it's not just from the players; it's the supporters. Supporters, right? You look at the supporters. I mean, it, you know, some of these teams have been in the leagues for you know decades, and then all of a sudden they're fighting at the wrong end of the table. Right. I mean, the supporters. I mean, as long as they stay up, they'll tell you it was incredible because right, people right. will speak. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the great... I mean, Bournemouth are a phenomenal example. Bournemouth were nearly relegated out of the Football League, right. which is the fourth division. Fourth, right. And then they go and they manage to build themselves back up and then promotion, promotion, you know, a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. But you look at the 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 story of, you know, nearly falling out of the league and then rising all the way up to, to now the Premier League. Right. I mean, you know, for Bournemouth to be in the Premier League is... Amazing. Absolutely. I mean, that's... Uh, uh, I don't want to be disrespectful. It's a beautiful town, but it's a mm. small seaside town. Right, 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 right. You right. know, and you've got teams like Aston Villa that, you know, had periods where they weren't in the Premier League and they're, you know, won the European Cup, you know. So there's there's so many aspects to it that will generate huge excitement. Right. And I think, 
it'll be one of them things when it happens everyone will be like oh my god I can't how, believe how come we didn't do yeah. this before this should have been done yeah. years right. ago you know? and, and mm-hmm. I, my family I have family in Madrid and southern Madrid and uh, Leganes in Spain is, is right down there and I have family that lives there <clears throat> and my older nephew or nephew my older cousin isn't even a fan he's a Real Madrid because Leganes when he was younger was nobody mm. so they got promoted what four years ago. I mean, they're probably going to get relegated this year. But they, they got promoted, and I and it's on 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 Facebook. I gave him one of those Facebook calls. He was in tears. Mm. Yeah, it's... you know what I'm saying. And, and he couldn't talk, and he was not even a, he was not even a supporter of the team. And, yeah. And 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 there's an aspect here. There's there's this there's this. You're losing. You're losing. Yeah, we're going to lose it. See you next year. Yeah. Okay. Hi. We're back. Yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. There's uh, something about that w- that we're yeah. not missing, and I think that that's the next level uh, of of this whole deal. I, I sometimes think that FIFA could step in and tell people what to do. Am I wrong? I mean, I I, no, I don't I, I don't want to. Well, I think that's what's going to happen. And I, that's that's what I think the back door is too. Is that someday? Yeah. And I think it's probably going to be generated by money. Is that someday they're going to look at this entire landscape and say, oh, it's four, five, ten, twenty billion. You. Mm. Fix it, yeah, and that's that. Yeah. Just fix it, mm-hmm. yeah. and I don't care how you do it because I'm getting paid. I'm making, I don't know how much money FIFA generates, but they're making a, you know, it's got to be billions of dollars. Okay, I mean so, they 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 made about a thousand dollars off me buying those stupid cars, <laughs> <FIFA>. <laughs> right? So I think someday you know he's uh, fix it, yeah, you know, and, and uh, actually there was a meeting uh, the, the president. Had with with the pre, our, our our president when uh, back in 2016, and I remember the meeting where he said, "Look, I can't tell them what to do, but I'm persistent." Mm, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm hoping, but at the same time, let's look at the other end of two for the purists out there that are just like, "Let's blow everything up and do it tomorrow." Can't do that. Yeah. You know, we've got a lot of maturing to do. Would you agree? Yeah, I think when you look at the the current system, obviously, I mean, an MLS franchise now I think is 325 million. So you're you're looking at it. It's you know insane amounts of of money, and this is where it's a unique system. Yeah. And I think when you look at FIFA, they're I think they're they've shown great leniency. They've they've tried to, I know there have been conversations where they've said, listen, we need to we need to manage this. And right. I think there's there's certain aspects that I think are manageable, but I think that's probably the biggest one is you know you you're dealing with a separate entity that is worth hundreds of millions. So it's it's a delicate situation for mm-hmm. you know U.S. soccer and FIFA to try to mandate, right. but I do ultimately believe that you know there will be a system moving forward that there is a form of relegation and promotion. Um, as and I, I've never supported an MLS team, and I, I don't, gosh, I was just talking to a friend of mine, Donna, last night, and and she's like, I've been to like three or four Red Bull games, and I went to the Metro Stars games for a few of them for the first year they were there. Yeah. Growing up as a Cosmos fan, now we didn't have promotion relegation, but. We had Pele. It was yeah. different. Yeah, it was different because we were bringing some of the biggest names in the game over here in the world. Yeah, that's not the case right now in MLS yeah. because of their this. Unless the, they want to retire. Unless they well, uh, it's just there's this this other thing and ask just I, I don't know. It's hard to follow this Tam Gam thing. I, I try <laughs> to. Yeah. Designated players can only get. I'm going to trade you for a Gam and a. Ta- I don't even know. Yeah. yeah. They, I don't think you have to deal with overseas. I don't. I, I mean, no, it's a, it's again, it's a unique system. I think there's, you know, there is no gamma and time in, in any other league. I think right. that's u- unique to to MLS. Um, I just think that the 
they are making strides in in trying to grow the game but i think ultimately fifa will have you know a big say in, in how it plays out in the next five to ten years mm-hmm. um, put, put rooney in coach yeah uh, <laughs> <geez>. um <clears throat> just as a soccer fan the the um the men's team has been a terrible disappointment i'm not going to ask you anything about the men's team i'm only going to ask you is as a, as a supporter, I, I don't know, is it Ireland, is it England, I, I, whatever team, when you've gone through that as a supporter, what's that like? I still haven't forgiven Thierry Henry for his handball. <laughs> right, 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 so, right, 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 yeah, I mean, right. Former Red Bull. It's you, you, you look at it, I think, as you know, growing up in, in Ireland, we all wanted to, um, yeah. I mean, Jesus. the World Cup in 1990 had such an impact on Ireland as a country okay. because Paddy Bonner made that great save against Romania mm-hmm. and literally soccer just went through the roof yeah. um, and I I think it's it's similar here with the World Cup I think there, there have been moments where it's really sort of kicked on and, and moving forward I think there'll be even bigger moments for, right. for this country but I think World Cups tend to create enormous excitement right. Um and that was what was disappointing with the last World Cup on the men's side was the way that sort of played out. So I think that ended up being a missed opportunity for the whole country. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's hard and, you know, hopefully moving forward, they're, they're at the next World Cup. But the flip side is the females have done an absolutely Amazing incredible job. job yeah. Amazing know. job. Yeah. American women have been phenomenal. But now, once again, I want to ask you from the, um, about the world perspective of these other national teams on the women's side was immensely impressed with Spain the last yeah. time. And I, I keep talking about them. I'm half Spanish. I you know, but at the at the same time, they were beautiful. The way they played was just wow. And and, and I, I wonder going back to what you're talking about the creativity aspect versus the math. Um how do you engage our players from a creativity standpoint, to me, it's just take the ball, go kick it around someplace. Mm. Am I missing that? Is there something else that I'm, you know? No, I think, you, you, you know, there's a danger, especially when you go on all the coaching licenses, it's so structured right? that you, the coaches feel that they have to coach everything. You know, there has to be an element of freedom of expression. You know, go and, and, and let the kids play. Right. You know, I think, you know, from a developmental standpoint, there has to be um, periods where there's not that there's no coaching, but right. there's it's just <laughs> let the kids play. You know, I think too often you see the coach come in, stop. You know, and then the coach it becomes more about the coach, not the kids. Right. And you know, like, look, there, there needs to be a balance. You know, there is times where they do need coaching, but it's a way to do it. Right, and it's going to bore you with the drum corps thing. Sorry, when I used to teach this, these groups back in the '90s, start, fix it, do it again. Start, fix it, do it again. Start. It was so brutally, brutally militaristic mm. in that because it was about precision. Everything yeah. had to be. You, our teams were evaluated on precision, accuracy. Eventually, the activity moved towards creativity. Yeah, we've lost some of the acti- We lost some of the of of, of the uh, the uh, the excellence from a technical standpoint. Mm-hmm. But the creativity of these musicians now that we bring that we create yeah. the last twenty years versus when I was doing it. It's not even close. We created computers back then. Yeah. Now we're creating musicians. Yeah. I mean, how? I, well, you just answered that. I mean, it's it's really more about make. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just want to say I think it's safe to say the Groove Machine will never get bogged down with precision. No, there's not a whole lot. Well, <laughs> damn alcohol fixes that. <laughs> yep. But um, <clears throat> so I, I I'm not, I'm pretty much. Anything you all want to add here? Um, I have a I, I've got right? I've got a few questions. I've Go got ahead. some I've got some stuff that I can add. Um, 
I, th- I think that's Anthony Leonard, advice giver. I I can't remember who that is. Anthony Leonard. I'm pretty he's sure a, that's yeah, Anthony Cooper. He's, uh, he's uh, a member of the board. Apparently, and I and and you said that you don't get on social media a lot. I thought this was funny. I didn't know this either. Uh, apparently, there's a Twitter account dedicated to the adventures of the beekeeper hat. Yes, there was. Yeah. Is, there is yeah, that there is. a real thing? Yeah, there is. I've seen it. That's hilarious. I've seen it. Oh man, it's yeah, it's Anthony. Um, yeah, he he just he just mentioned that, and I, I I'm guessing that you're not aware of that. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna check that out after the podcast now. Um, it, uh, Adam Welp came in. Uh, he says, uh, if you have any control, this is kind of fun, but yep. he goes, if, if you have any control over who we have international friendlies with, uh-huh. uh, he, he wants to put in a vote for Rotherham United. Okay. Um, and, and I, if it, I don't, I don't know. Uh, anybody that's in chat, if you have any ideas, I, I'm not going to like list these out, but I think it would be fun <laughs> and, and, obvi- and be reasonable. Like man, you's not going to come here. Right. Um, and Liverpool not going to come here. Um, throw some stuff in chat who you think we should have friendlies with. I thought that would be fun. Within reason. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, uh, only three. Con- okay. So so one thing that I can add. Um, you, you do remember the Wool Cup, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Eric, I don't know if you're still in chat. Eric, <laughs> Eric runs Black Sheep. He, the, the, the Black Sheep run the tournament and everything. Okay. Can you imagine, and I'm talking to Eric right now, and, and anybody else from the Black Sheep. So the, the front office won the Wool Cup last okay. year. Can you imagine, Eric and all of you Black Sheep guys, how good the FO team is going to be <laughs> if, <laughs> if he comes in there again? I've heard some horror stories about this already. Yeah, well, I was at that. I, was at the, I saw you playing at the, when, they, when they opened up the other thing, and I was both impressed and scared at the same time. <laughs> but I, it, it, um, I, I do want to ask uh, now. Uh, getting off of some of this stuff, you're an Everton supporter, right? Roughly. Yeah, I like Everton. Like, not mean, a supporter, but yeah, you like. Yeah, him. no, I like Everton. I mean, as a kid, Celtic were the big, the big drivers. Right, as a right, young right, kid, right. man, you to a period, but then at 16, it was just my life completely changed. It was right. okay. I'm leaving my family, so now it's like okay, I need to. To get in gear here. When you see a team like that in, in that has a passionate fan base and yeah. have some of the struggles they've had this year, yeah, and you look at it and you say, "I mean, I just lose my I I become numb to it almost." Yeah. Like this last match yeah. where you know they gave up two goals in the ninety in the ninety third <laughs> minute. And I'm just and I literally sat there and went, "Yeah, here we go again." Yeah. I mean, it's a, we've never experienced that here in Louisville. We have literally never experienced that on any level. We're ridiculous. Thankful, spoiled. you know, thankful to you, thankful to John, thankful to everybody. But is there any insight based on how they're built? I mean, can, is there nothing? I mean, I don't know. I, I it's just it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It, but it's not. Well, it's so heartbreaking. It's like you can't break something that's already broke. Well, I think it's it's difficult when you guess. Um, I think at that level, you know, they've obviously got a new coach Ancelotti. He's come in. He he has his own ideas of maybe how he wants to build it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's. I think when you look at the the Gladys Street end, you, you look at the history that Everton has, and I mean, there's incredible passion, you know, for for their club and the Merseyside Derby is is obviously a huge game, and I think it makes it worse for all Evertonians because of you know Liverpool are like a a freight train coming down. I mean, it's yeah. just been incredible. Unbelievable. So it's, it's one of the most dominant sports teams I've ever seen yeah. in anything ever. The only thing I could come up with is the Bulls in the in the nineties yeah. that you know when they won seventy oh, yeah. something games. Yeah. Um, 
The Dolphins and what? They were undefeated season. That was like yeah. 72. I can't believe I was alive for that. Jesus. <laughs> you, you're 40? 41? 40. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm catching up. us are all yeah. within like one year of age. God bless you. Well, yeah. I turned 40, 15 in June. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, uh, realistically, uh, I, from the, both the men's and women's side, realistically, 10, 10 years from now, what do you think you'll see? As a fan, I mean, you know, yeah, like, you no, know we're not uh, even getting into specifics. I, I mean, think in ten years that there will there will be promotional relegation, mm-hmm. um, and I think on the women's side, I think the women will be akin to um, the current Excellent. male structure. So I think it'll go through the roof. Excellent, excellent. And I guess that's what I was talking about. Um, sports and uh, every sport goes through their highs and lows. Right now, yeah. we're on this tremendous high. Yeah. Someday there's going to be a you know a little bit of a dip. Yeah. NBA is going through that right now. Um, infrastructure to me at the national level is what sustains that, and I see some issues with the national level. Yeah. Um, how let's say you're in, a, in in an executive position at that time. How do you manage that? I can't. I mean, you know, what do you do to mitigate against that? The, you know, there's a just a general deflation of, of interest, and it'll you know it goes back up and it goes back yeah. down. You know, is it what do you do to mitigate that? Because that's a concern for me as a supporter is that someday this is gonna it's gonna peak. Yeah. It's gonna hit that first massive peak because we saw it when I was a kid with the with the NASL in seventy nine. Yeah. We thought it was never gonna end. Yeah. We thought it was done. We had eight billion teams and everything was fine. And within three years, because that league was a bag of dog shit, it died. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying it's gonna happen here, but like I said, you know, there's some. Oh, no, so, think, what would you do yeah. as a, in your position, or is it maybe from a leadership position to try and mitigate? I think, yeah, you, you need to certainly try to manage the growth. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing, and, and learn from the lessons of the old NASL. I, I think you certainly need to have your finger on the pulse as to regards the trajectory of the league. Um, I think you're like in every sort of sport, there are warning shots. So, I think the sensible people have been able to. I would say pay attention to warning shots and then put um, procedures and policies in place to, to make sure that, you know, to the trajectory stays where it needs to to be. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about is as somebody that's done the coaching thing, you've played a little bit, um, you have to be a little bit more sensitive towards people's, I, there's a PC culture out there, you know, and, and how you have to manage that now versus probably when you started playing, maybe not as much. Yeah, it's, it's definitely changed. I think you, you look at. I think understanding personalities are really important, mm-hmm. and, and understanding, you know, which players can, you know, potentially take a little bit of a, a bollocking in front of others, and yes. which ones can't. Candidly, which ones you need to speak one on one and and be discreet with. So, right. I think understanding human beings is. Yeah, and that comes back to what we were asking about before: is is the analytics versus the engagement eye to eye with somebody? Yeah. And analytics are never going to be able to tell you that. If you talk about like being an NFL fan, when I was a kid in Jersey, Bill Parcells. Everybody, if you ever watch an interview about Bill Parcells, they all tell you he would go to player one and do this. He would go play player two, and he would do. He engaged them all individually, yeah, based on their personalities. Wait, am I missing something? You're not missing anything. Is there anything else you want to add? No, these guys are. Just being guys. Eric and Anthony going back and forth in right. chats, cracking me up. I want to. I want to say once again. I've been saying this. I really want to compliment Eric and the Black Sheep. Um, Ooh, I really do because what happened? Uh, it, it just I, Adam Welp comes in. He says Jameson or Bushmills. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've got that. There's a l- large. We have both. Actually. We have both. Actually, there. I have a very large 
picture on my wall here. You can't really see it on the on camera, but it's but it's the Bushmills Distillery. Another dead soldier. So, um, I guess Eric, thank you so much for what you're doing with the Black Sheep, and to all the Black Sheep folks and the Sheep's Pen, thank you. You guys are, are doing a tremendous job. Um, hopefully, in our next show, which is in two weeks, uh, if I have to come to your house, and I know you used to wrestle and you'll kick my ass, but I'll find a way to get it done. I, I mean, I know people that can that have strong uh, barbiturates. No, I don't. I'm making, I'm come be up. on our show, yeah, please. They've, they've, they've done a lot sentence. of. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. They they've done a lot of good for yes, Kentucky have. refugee yes, min- ministries. Uh la- last year uh they they did uh they they did woke up obviously which they I, th- I think that we're going on year 5, year 4 or 5, I can't remember. Um they they've been doing that for a, a good while mm-hmm. and then and last year and I don't know if you knew about this uh they they did a foot golf tournament. Yes. Okay. And right. it was awesome. You're like right. like Lance Mag- I was on the team with Lance McGarvey and two yeah. really old friends of mine Candy Brahas and uh, and Emily McWilliams but we uh, that was awesome. It, it was like scramble format, and we had yeah. like sixteen teams. Oh wow! And it was it was a blast. But uh, they they do a lot of outreach uh, for for Kentucky Refugee Ministries, and uh, and they do it in a really fun way. Uh, and they uh, obviously they're they're spreading soccer while they're doing that. So yeah, thank you guys. Right. Yeah, well, my little great mm-hmm. job. Is there anything that you want to ask? Um, I think I've got everything I wanted to. Okay. Just glad to have you back. Okay. So we have a, a little segment called Rim Shots, and we just, if anybody has any parting thoughts, that maybe doesn't even have to be about soccer. If you want to start there, do you have anything? Or? Um, I'm pulling something. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do it fast enough. Um, Atletico Velita um, is having a, it's, it's kind of a friendly match. Um, this is a new-ish team. That is in Louisville. Um, it is uh, predominantly Hispanic, and I know a lot of the guys that play on the team. Uh, some of them are from Louisville Legends fame, uh, Louisville Thunder fame. Uh, they they've won a lot of the uh, they've won a lot of the leagues and whatnot uh, around town here. Um, they're playing in a friendly at Worley uh, on Sunday. And I don't know the game time, but I can. I I'll do a tweet later or something with the uh, with the time. Uh, these are some new upcoming guys uh, that are a lot of fun, okay. and they're playing. I think it's. Um, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's Liverpool Nashville. And what? Uh, yeah. I, wow. <laughs> so this. What a vision. <laughs> so this is an exhibition game. And they're going to play it at Worley. Um, I don't know what admission is. I, I will retweet their stuff um, so you can see what's going on. But um, a very, very talented group of guys. And they're going to go – I think they're going to go down to New Orleans and they're going to play in uh, – it's kind of an open tournament that you can play in. And it's got a – I think it's a $20,000 prize pool. Oh, okay. And I, I don't I, I'm gonna share this I, I don't think that you all are gonna mind that I share this Go ahead. Um, if they uh, win that prize pool which they are in the running I, I've got a lot of faith in these guys okay. excellent if they get that prize pool the the expectation is they are gonna try and open up an NPSL franchise Wow okay so awesome <laughs> and they've They've asked me to step in and handle some things there, okay. so yeah. But uh, yeah, if you've got nothing to do on Sunday and you want to go down and see, and these guys are very talented young men, um, go down and check them out. I got, I got to ask you, there's one thing I forgot to ask you. You just mentioned Sunday <clears throat> before we go on. 
Sunday league football. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. People smile that that know about that culture a little bit. I think that's something we could really cultivate over the next few years because you go usually for us it's the Saturday the Saturday is the games for the for the for the for the for the, for the you know the top league teams. And then Sunday is when the the guy that you were sitting next to is now playing for his yeah. bar. Yeah. Is what am I missing there? I th- I think that there's something there's this huge gaping thing that that doesn't exist yet that I think a Louisville City or any pro team can help partner with because going to bar league games is about the funniest thing ever. Yeah. I mean, going back to when I was a kid in Kearney because there was a bunch of them. There was a yeah. bunch of teams. Did you experience that when you were young? I mean, is there anything? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, historically in Ireland, that would be in the the Saturday, they would have them with support their team. And then Sunday, they have their own game. And then right. after the game, everyone goes to the pub. And right. Literally, yeah. you, you stay there for the day. And that's part can of the you, culture. And can that's, you imagine? Yeah. Right can now, you, we do our Saturday. I'm sorry. We do our Saturday game. And then Sunday, we go do whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sunday afternoon is part of that, and I, yeah. I'm hoping, like you were, t- you had mentioned, right? The you know someday if Saints was to play uh, Molly's, yeah, and yeah. and you know that's where that's 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 mm-hmm. part of the underpinnings of this whole culture yeah. that yeah. I think we're kind of missing right now. Go ahead, we do actually have a little bit of a history with that. I think Coach Urgold, Tartan Devils in Pittsburgh, they're a pub team from Pipers. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, look yeah. how far look what look what became of that. That's just, yeah. Right, right, right. Can, yeah. can you imagine three or four aside, you know, older folks playing on that box field out in front of the stadium? Like oh, it's very cool. Oh, By the way, we were there today. Constantly, Incredible. that is beautiful. What they did there with with, with the Fustal Court. Amazing, outstanding. I'm very, and I heard Dr. Lynn. Maybe was the one that was behind that. Maybe I, you know. So Dr. Lynn's awesome. Hopefully I'm very, very happy about the box yeah. field. Yeah. You, you guys That's know me. I'm very happy about the box field. That's gonna get used. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're gonna. So, <laughs> you have anything you want to part with there? Any rim shotish? Uh, sure. Why not? So I've been kind of thinking. We talked about uh, promotion and relegation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. I think we all want it to happen. The door's open for it. It can't. You can't just say, "Boom, here it is." So there's gonna be some landmarks along the way. And what I've been thinking of, I think maybe we're going to see most, if not all, of the uh, the two the MLS two teams out of the championship, like League One or lower. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be one of them. <clears throat> I think we're going to see League One stable at 20 teams. Right. I think we're going to see championship get stable at 40. Right. And then I think we see championships split into two 20 teams. See, I would. This is how and I, I would think do. From the, I think those are going to be the things that they need to get into place before it starts up. And I wouldn't do relegation first. I would just do a thing like I would do a thing. Say what uh, I don't know if you could do a league. League One, okay. Mm-hmm. If they're looking to add a new franchise, whoever wins League One gets promoted into Championship just for one year, just to see what kind of interest it draws. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, maybe do that first. I don't know, but anyway, yeah. coaches are any coach. I called you. Coach. I tried. I was going to call you coach. <laughs> I can't Mr. believe Vice I did President. that, <laughs> Mr. So Vice sorry. President. Mr. Vice President, right. I would always let everybody. Uh, if there's anything you want to add, please do. No, I just want to thank you all. I think the um, the opportunity to come and just in, enjoy your company and spend some time has been has been wonderful. And that's what we want to do. We want to bring people on and just chat about you know just stuff. Yeah, and was, uh, it's been hope great. you enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I want to tell you so, uh, from and I know I'm speaking for supporters everywhere. What you've brought to this, you know, it, the, the dignity and honor that you brought to the team on the field when you coached, and adding that back in at the level that you're adding it in. We're blessed beyond anything, and I mean that sincerely. I, I know. I, I appreciate I, that. I it's it's that. amazing because you've always been a gentleman to me. You've never not turned me away when I wanted to talk to you, and, and that's not always the case when people 
or you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, and I, I think look, that's that's what makes Lucidity great is you know I think we all see each other as as a big family, so I right. would never turn anyone away. You know, I I want to make sure everyone is is okay. We right. all have the passion because we love the game and we all want the same thing. So right, right, right. yeah, it's been it's been wonderful time. And I hope I hope you can take this compliment. And I've said this on the show before. You know, someday. There's going to be a ring of honor in this deal. And the first three names on that has to be Wayne. Wayne has to be the first yeah. one. And from a player perspective, it's Niall. But you're on it too. I, I, mean, I appreciate that. Because yeah, there, it does this, what this is isn't what it is without your, your involvement. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate your kind words. All right. And uh, let, my, my parting shot is, you know, we need some more help with this mini marathon thing. It is a tremendous opportunity. Like I said, w- w- if we're going to do this, let's if we're going to get involved in community outreach, Let's get involved in community outreach. This has nothing to do with what they've done so far. They've done great work so far. Michelle and and now Liza and all the folks and Shauna and everyone else that's been involved in that has done tremendous work. But if we're talking to elevate it to the next level, then we've got to elevate to the next level. So please, even if you don't want to be involved, first of all, I would think if I can do it, anybody can do it. All right, this is the third time I've done it. I've had health issues. Thankfully, I've got the ability to get my my life back. We so, got our Joe back. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it's, you know, it's good. a long, hard road, but it's, you know, and part of that is the accountability with the supporters groups because I'm making sure I'm not the person that started this thing. So if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, I'm being, I'm just being an ass. You know, it's not right. <laughs> if you're going to, if you're going to lead, lead. Yep. If you're going to follow, follow or just get your ass out of the way. So, um, you know, thank you for all the folks that there's, there's literally, like I said, we've got 25 people already registered. Eric says he's in. Thank you, Eric. Excellent. I was counting on it. <laughs> I was gonna drag. Like I said I was gonna drag her, but um, um, please help support us financially. You know we've been sending links out on Facebook and Twitter. You can do that too if you don't want to get involved. If we're gonna get involved in the community, let's get involved in the community. Let's take this to the next level. James, thank you so much for being a part of this. I thank you for taking the time out of your and thank you for your family for letting you come over here. So thank them as well. Um, we'll be back in two weeks with our tag in show. Looking forward to that. Having a bunch of people on. <laughs> And hopefully you've enjoyed it. Please give us a follow on on, on Twitch. Uh, the show will be out tomorrow on YouTube. We'll also have the audio version out sometime tomorrow. Uh, that's it. Yeah, man. Everybody, thank you so much. And we'll Good see night, you soon. Everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. See you guys. Thanks, guys.